Hi, everybody. This is Ken Wilson. Once upon a time, I broadcast blues hockey. I always listen to Let's Go Blues Radio. It's everything you'll want as a blues fan. Oh, baby. Stop doing those diet or workout fads to lose weight. Use the tried-and-true approach from Rock and That Idea Life that helps you find balance while enjoying food in moderation and nourishing your body. Try the Lean 30 program at rockandthatidealife.com and let today be your last first day of your weight loss journey. When buying or selling your home, you need to feel protected. Realtor Mike Burgoyne not only looks out for your interests, but as a St. Louis area police officer, will make sure you feel safe and well-informed with every decision. Email Mike at strikewithmike.com and start the process today. That's Mike at strikewithmike.com. Get ready to hear some noise tonight. You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio. Let's have a doink, bro. Eric Brewer was so bad. <laughs> Are we like Ogil Corp? Are we suspended? I I reciprocated the dickness. Selfish, Selfish hockey. hockey. That's right. Selfish hockey. What did I tell you about stick tape? You don't need it! No doubt about it, eh? You're listening to Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio, the original St. Louis Blues hockey fan podcast. Take it away, boys. <laughs> Welcome to episode 10 of season 13. This is episode number 441, all time of the often imitated, never duplicated. Bob Barker to remind you to help to control the pet population, have your pets spayed or neutered. Goodbye, everybody. We're the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast. Let's go, Blues Radio. Special thanks for our sponsors, rockin'thatidealife.com, and Realtor Mike Burgoyne for once again probably sponsoring the show. Please check them out. Also, uh, don't forget to check out our t-shirt shop at LesGoBlues.com for the very best St. Louis Blues themed t-shirts at an unbelievably fair price. It is when it is uh, Wednesday, December 13th, and we are streaming live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter to interact with the show on social media. Uh, our handle on all the socials is at LGB Radio. I'm Kurt Price, and my co-host for the big show tonight are Bill Day and Jeff Ponder. And the agenda for tonight includes discussion of boots. Um, nothing really, uh, just the surprising <laughs> firing of blues head coach, Craig Berube, former head coach, I guess, uh, we'll talk about the events leading up to the firing the past few games. Um, also Verona gets waived, then not waived, then waived, uh, Bertuzzo gets traded to the Islanders, which seems like forever ago. Uh, Peron gets suspended six games for an incident on the ice. We'll talk a little about that. Kelly chase has leukemia. Uh, so they'll touch up. We he was uh, had was on the jumbotron uh, the other night. So we'll talk about that. And uh, Brady Kachuk wants to fight a goalie. All that and more on this edition of Let's Go Blues Radio, gentlemen. It has been a very active last. Oh gosh, what's it been like? Twenty two hours, something like that. Yeah, that uh, right. the Blues all time team we did over the summer is now dated, kind of. I mean, I think people would still vote Ruby in as the head coach. But, oh, he's, uh, yeah. I mean, the, the, still, it's weird to, to think that, you know, we sung his praises. And I remember on that show, we've been talking about how, like, well, we'll see if he reaches Joel Quinville for number one and wins all time. Not going to happen. <clears throat> Not this time anyway. around, at least. Right. Anyway, that's all we have to say about that. Let's move on to something else. You say Brady Kachuk was wanting to find a goalie, huh? Fight, yeah, fight a goalie. Yeah, he's let's, let's get uh, let's get him and Biddington together. <laughs> yeah, right. Two one guy or him and uh, Flurry. Uh, yeah, Flurry, Flurry said he wants to fight somebody. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, okay. So um, uh, before we we get in the show, we can we can do our little spiel here. Uh, I do. I will be um, on uh, announcements. I'll be on the Randy Molman show. I believe uh, he asked me to come on. I said, yes, I haven't heard back. I assume he still wants me on uh, in the morning. Um, I can get you that, that. I don't have that link in front of me, uh, but it's the mole hole. Um, you can search for it on uh, 97 one. I think it is radio uh, online. Um, I think it's going to be eight 30. I'll be on AM. Uh, let's see. Mole Talking hole Blues radio Hockey. with Randy Molman. That is not a link. Um, yeah, eight to nine. Oh my goodness. Just give me the, <laughs> yeah, there's there a... 92.9, 92.9 in the St. Louis area. Yes. And then there's a link for the website, uh, which, uh, you can listen, stream anywhere. Uh, we will have to post that on Twitter cause I am not going to look for it right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that'll be fun. Um, obviously a lot of blues talk, a lot of, a lot of, it's 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 rare when blues talk dominates uh sports talk radio all day long and it kind of did today so mm-hmm. um and it's going to dominate the show tonight uh well one specific topic i think right jacob Verana getting waves <laughs> right, yeah you believe it? yeah crazy <laughs> unbelievable mm-hmm. <laughs> uh the official beers of episode number 441 you can follow each of us on the untapped app uh my handle is c price 12 jeff's is j ponder 94 bills is billy blue note 33 uh, I, I think with a coaching change, we might want to change it up. Oh, right. We'll go, well, you, you guys flip flop if you want. I'll you, I'll go last. No, I'm gonna. Look you know what we've never done is have the uh, the the person running point lead it. Okay. Off. All right. We'll get me out Let's of the start way. Start trying that. Let's do all it. Right. My beverage of the show is not a beer. Um, with all this going on, I haven't had time. I got a beer behind me, but if I get to it, I get to it. I'll announce it later if I do. But right now, I'm having a Dairy Queen frozen hot chocolate. You guys ever have one of these things? Ooh, that is a frozen really hot chocolate. Yes. Unbelievable. It's one it's of the best things good. I've ever put in my mouth. <laughs> oh, I can think of something else. One of the best. It, uh, it's chocolatey. It's, it's hot chocolatey. It's frozen, though. So it's uh, it's quite good. If you have not had Dairy Queen's frozen hot chocolate, it's like drinking a brownie. Um, it's really good. Here we go. Sounds like fried ice cream. It doesn't right. seem like it should go together. Yeah, right. It doesn't. It's it, it really does. good. Yeah. Or, or any of those frozen frozen coffee drinks or whatever. And you're right, because you think like, well, wait, it's not really hot chocolate. It's just a chocolate flavor. But when you have it, you're like, this does taste like hot chocolate. It's just not hot. Right. Right. It's, it's delicious. And it, and it's richer. It's, it's rich and strong and good. So give it a go. <laughs> uh let's uh let's go ahead and go on to Bill. I'll go last. All right. I I don't have anything as contradictory as frozen hot chocolate. <laughs> but I do have a um I don't have the bottle. It's uh Highball Drifter. So it's an, an homage to a cocktail. Um, I've had it before. Um, last of the bottles that I've got, it's from Founders, uh, one of the Barrel Age series last year. Uh, very good. Um, if you if you like a good highball, it's got the orange peel flavor going on. I, I was in the mood for a mixed drink, but I haven't got to the point that I'm ready to start drinking mixed drinks on this show. When we talk so much about beer. So that's that's I feel like that's a that's like me crossing the Rubicon when I maybe, get to that point. 
maybe next week. We did that a couple years ago where we got together for our Christmas show and we started doing shots of whiskey, I think, and we all felt pretty good after that. So maybe next week will be a good time for that if uh, you guys have the time. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll have to look at that. Or if we do a show this year, um, the week uh, after Christmas, I think we'll all be off work. Oh, you're off. I am. I am taking that week off. Whether yes. whether or not I will check into work, it's a different story. But we are all three off that week. I agree. Let's do it that week. Week between <laughs> Christmas and New Year's. Let's get together, and we'll bring a bottle of whiskey and we'll have a good night. Four hour show, folks. <laughs> yeah. Like drunk history, like the drunk hockey show we did that time. Yeah, <laughs> yep. That was that was the best. That was fun. Yep. Yep. Well, uh mentioned last week by Bill Day, and I said I was gonna go get some on Friday, and I did the best holiday drink. And luckily my taste buds have not changed. Uh the nutcracker from uh Boulevard. Uh best Christmas beer there is. Not a fan of the Shiner anymore. I finished off that. Well, I had one more of the six pack and then I told my wife to finish the rest. Uh, just for whatever reason, I don't like that anymore. Sorry, Shiner. You make great beer. But Boulevard is where it's at for a uh, holiday beer. Uh, that may be my, depending on how the show is going. And um, well, uh, I'm probably going to need another. So, I'm, Oh, I got uh, another ready. Yeah, I will run downstairs and grab another. I have not had this yet. Oh, the Parker Pills. Oh, nice. yeah. yeah, the Parker Pilsner from uh, Four Hands. For, uh, uh, I believe it's made for Ray Parker Jr., right? Uh, creator yes. of the Ghostbusters theme. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Who, who are you going to call? <laughs> Ghostbusters! Yeah. Uh, no, for uh, uh, Tim Parker from did, City, of course. So Dan Riley, I happened to pop on Twitter, and Dan Riley uh, replied to the uh, stream on Twitter and says uh, he'll provide some bourbon samples for our show next week. Oh, that'd be great. If he's serious, he dude, he's walking distance in my house. Good old Dan yeah. Riley. Yeah. Yeah. And big and, blues fan on Twitter. And he's got an amazing bourbon collection. So let's let's do it. Did I know did Small. I know this? I want to say I've heard this before that he has uh, he's, he's, he's posted he's posted okay. some stuff. Like he's that's got he's got every one of the Blanton tops, which you know, that's that's a feat in and of itself. So how lucky am I that I am in walking distance of Mr. STL Blues history and Dan Riley of my house? Well, I everybody's, spot to everybody's within walking distance if you've got the time. That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, I forgot to mention that Dan Riley is actually a two-day walk for me. No, well, you walk really slow, too. <laughs> I do. That's true. <laughs> you're, uh, mosey. Actually, you're a mosier. Fun, fun Dan Riley story as well. Um, he plays drums uh, at his local church, which is awesome. I've heard he's great. Um, he started, he posted a picture and I looked and I'm like, that's my coworker. I literally have one coworker in all of St. Louis. Uh, everyone else, it's a global company. And the one person that I work with that lives in St. Louis, uh, she is the lead singer of their band. And I'm like, what a small freaking world. How crazy is that? Well, I guess we should, uh, rip the bandit off and get into it. Uh, after the uh, Blues 6-4 to loss to Detroit last night, uh, Doug Armstrong announced the firing of head coach Craig Bruby. What were you guys doing? Were you still awake when this happened? I was laying in bed. I was oh, not was, asleep. But, I was but, yeah, online. I, I was I was doing some Christmas shopping, and I had Twitter open, and I, was, I didn't see it at first. I was, like, just busy, you know, browsing Amazon and whatnot. 
And about 20 minutes after it happened, I just happened to see something. I was like, Is somebody, what, what, what happened? Who got fired? Oh no. <laughs> and I'll be damned. Yeah, this guy that I work with, uh, I think he's a Red Wings fan. He, um, not work with, sorry, uh, play hockey with, um, posted a picture in our team chat of, uh, him. I guess he met Patrick Kane, uh, at the game last night, which by the way, the picture Kane literally is looking into the camera like this. <laughs> and I'm like, you couldn't smile jackass. Like, come on. But anyway, so, um, yeah. And then he posted like right after he sent that picture, I, I heard, uh, he, it said, Bruby just got canned. And then like, I just heard my thing, just the phone just starts yep. going nuts. And I'm like, okay, what the hell's going on here? And so I look and I'm like, no. And then my phone blew up in other group chats. And then my Twitter started blowing up. I'm like, oh boy. All right. So it's time to, I got to get up and at least look through what people are saying. So I stayed up a little later than I was planning. So in in true boring fashion, I was already asleep, (laughs) but I will tell you, I, when I picked up my phone this morning, the first thought before I turned the screen on was, I wonder if they fired Baruby last night. (laughs) It's like, I don't know. It, it, St. Louis Blues fans divined that into my into my consciousness, I guess, as I slept. Yeah, so probably, um, I was not surprised when that was uh, the first notification that popped. There, I was. There are, yeah, I was too. But the the, the uh, there, there were tons tons of of uh, varying opinions on social media, and we'll kind of talk about some of those too. But uh, so the Springfield Thunderbirds head coach Drew Bannister. Uh, is now uh, been named the interim head coach uh, for the Blues. Um, Bannister will travel to St. Louis on Wednesday, <clears throat> which is today, and serve his first game behind the bench tomorrow against the Ottawa Senators at Enterprise Center. Uh, Bannister's 49, spent the last three seasons at, uh, as Springfield's coach, going 93-58-19. He guided the Blues AHL affiliate to consecutive Calder Cup playoff appearances, including the uh, in 2021-22 when it reached the Calder Cup final. Um, real quick, just on, on this. So first of all, um, Armstrong and his presser today did say that, uh, this is a true interim situation. Um, and he he said that, and then he said later that he's a candidate because it's wide open. Do you hear that? Right. Yeah. So he said, he's going to said both things. Yeah. I think so are you, Kurt. You're, you're a candidate <laughs> right. as well. Yeah. I, well, I basically, of, I basically think that it's him just saying like, you know, Hey, if you play, if you coach well, we're going to keep you around just like we did Baruby. Um, But I think he fully knows like I, it, I need to go get somebody else. And, and, you know, maybe Bannister does step in and does a great job, but uh, I thought it was interesting that he specifically called it out that uh, Bannister is a true interim yeah. Yeah. Uh, whereas I think with Baruby last year or last time that happened, I think it really was like Baruby's an interim for the rest of the season. Then we'll look for someone. It sounds like he's already begun the search for another head coach. Did you see what Andy Strickland posted? The one letter tweet he tweeted? No, I just I'm so <laughs> all, all if that he... happens. It's going to be really difficult for me. Did you? So you saw it. You saw what he posted. Yeah, I saw it. Oh, yeah. yeah. He I just did not. tweeted out. He just tweeted out the letter Q. Mm. <laughs> I'm sorry. I my favorite it, it, when we talk about blues coaches, he is my second favorite blues coach of all time. But because of what he did in Chicago, if they hire him, 
it will be very difficult for me to. And, yeah. and I, I know <laughs> that we've seen that take a lot. Well, I'm done with the Blues. I'm not watching. It will be hard for me to still comment on this team with any kind of zest and excitement. So, what you're saying is you'd be as much a part of this show uh, if Q is hired uh, as Austin is right now. Yes, I'd basically be. I'd be. A, I'd be the Austin Lynch two. I'd be the sequel. <laughs> uh, Bruby was in his sixth season as Blues head coach, and was behind the bench for the their fourth straight loss, the six to four loss to the Red Wings on Tuesday. Uh, St. Louis is now thirteen fourteen and one, sixth in the Central Division, and ranks twenty sixth in the NHL in goals per game, two point eight two. Uh, Brube, uh, who was 57, replaced Mike Yo as head coach um, in November of 2018 and guided the Blues to their only Stanley Cup championship in 2019 uh, and was 206, 131, and 44 as Blues head coach. Um, let's real quick, let's let's pause there for a second. First of all, um, I don't know. I know some fans were clamoring for this and excited about this, uh, but I think oh, I think even those fans there's a little bit of sadness because he was the coach that brought the blues, the Stanley cup. So Kurt lift your, uh, your hot chocolate, iced hot chocolate bill beer <laughs> to the first and only St. Louis blues coach to bring a Stanley cup to St. Louis. Thanks for all you did, buddy. And uh, cheers. 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 Burbe. You know, um, God. Um, so there was a press conference today. Um, and Armstrong talked at length. It was about a half an hour. Um, <clears throat> answered a bunch of questions. And to his credit, um, Armstrong's credit, uh, you know, he didn't die. The only question he dodged was his conversation with Stillman. He really didn't go into detail with anything from Stillman uh, about their timeline and what was discussed, <clears throat> stuff like that. So um, did you see some of the online polls? Uh, that people were doing like everybody oh, and their oh. sister was doing online polls. Do, fire you, yeah. Armstrong. Well, it was, it was, uh, do you like the mood? Do you like the firing or not? And every, everyone's like 95%. No, they didn't like it. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's weird. It's always interesting when uh, the fan base and the media are so lopsided on anything, you know, like, like the, it's, it's very telling that, that, you know, just very few people. I mean, I think people have come out and said, I understand, you know, why he was fired. <clears throat> but I'm, I'm, I don't think there are a lot of people out there. There are some, I'm sure, that say, I'm glad he was fired. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Well, I'll say, listen, um, we'll get into the roster construction. Whose fault is this season? All that, I'm sure. But the first thing that I want to say about this is if you would have told me that on December 12th, the Blues were one game under 500, 12-13-1, um, one point out of a playoff spot, and they fired Craig Berube, yep. I'd call you a fucking jackass because I'd be like, absolutely not. That team is clearly exceeding expectations if they're oh. that close to a playoff spot. So for me, I, I do look at it and I say, okay, Armstrong, you literally came out and said earlier uh, before the season started at best, we're a third-place team in the Central. And we're fucking one point out of a wild-card spot in December, and you're you're canning the coach? I mean, there's other things I want to get to in with this, but that, to me, was that was why I was shocked. 
And and I'll say, Chris Kerber was on the Ridge Show today, and 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 Armstrong did say in his presser today as well something along these lines that um, he said that basically it's the way they've gotten here. And actually, we've I've actually said that on the show. Like whenever we talk about like four games, I'm like, yeah, that's the record I expected them to have after these four games. It's just not how I planned on them getting there. And I think that's what Kerber was saying. And and Armstrong kind of said it too. the fact that, yeah, they're 12, 13 and one, but they lost to San Jose. They lost to Chicago. They lost to Columbus. Uh, You know, yes, they've beaten uh, uh, Tampa and they've beaten Colorado and Vegas, but those losses to terrible teams, that I think is where Armstrong was looking and saying, okay, that's a problem. See, here's the deal though. I, okay. So I, I totally on board with being confused uh, about the firing um, because this team is about where Armstrong expected them to be. So I, I'm, I'm wondering why arms where Armstrong thinks this team should be. I mean, he kind of went over that a little bit in the press conference where, you know, he goes, it's not so much the results it's the way we're playing. And I'm like, yeah, but the way we play dictates the result, you know, it's going to determine the result typically. And he mentioned a few of the wins we didn't feel good about because we didn't play well in the wins, but there were some wins we played really well in and there were some losses we played awful in against some bad teams. And I think, remember how we were feeling after beating Vegas? We were a few games over 500. Uh, mm-hmm. We were playing we we're playing pretty good. We're like, hey, this is, you know, the defense is better. You know, the, the power play sucks ass. But still, we're we're shooting the puck and, and we're getting, the offense is, is, is getting enough done to, you know, and we're feeling pretty good. And, all of a sudden, and then four games later, uh, Ruby's fired. I think, you know, look, looking four games ago, Armstrong had to have been fairly happy uh, with the team's record. I think he'd be very happy with the team's record based on where he thought the team would be. But then four, so the stretch of four games, four games determines Berube's fate. I know that they were against, uh, I mean, well, the, the, the second Vegas game was Vegas. That's that's not not a disgrace to lose against them, even though we looked bad. But the, the, the last three were kind of bad. Even though Detroit's playing, you know, their record's pretty good. Um, yeah, but they they had lost three in a row. They had lost three in a row. Too. I know, I know, I know. But you know, but we didn't look good in those three games against teams we should have beaten. You know, Columbus, Chicago, absolutely we should have beat those teams. Um, it, I, so I, it's a very small sample size of of playing really bad hockey. Now they were inconsistent up until these last four games. They'd win one, lose one, win one, lose one, win a couple, lose one. Uh, but there, there's, there's. I mean, it's got to be, you know, a combination of a few things. Kairu's not getting production out of Kairu makes Armstrong look stupid with his with his eight years because he's getting roasted by fans on Twitter. The eight years, you know, eight million per, you know, Kairu is not what he ex- is expected to be. And I keep telling people, you know, he's like 20, what is it, 24 games into the season now? 26, what is it, 28? 28. Okay, 28 games in. He's 28 games into his new contract, his eight-year contract. I, yeah, he's he's underperforming offensively, and that turnover against Detroit to seal the deal was god-awful, which we'll talk mm-hmm. about. But, uh, you know, I mean, 
I, I, does anybody not think his offense is going to come around? I, I think it'll come around. So I think it will. I, I think it will, but I think the issue is, and again, we've said I've said this at least a couple times on this show. I like his game better this year than last year because I feel like he is actually trying to work on all aspects of his game. But and Armstrong said it today in his presser, you pay you're paying him to to create offense. Right. And and we said it last week. If if he would have had, let's just say he has 13 goals at this point, let's say 15 goals on the season. That's probably two or three more wins uh, that the Blues have. And they're probably solidly, uh, at least in a wild card spot. So, you know, for me, it's like he's playing better, but you you really need to see that next drive out of him. And he's, again, kind of quoting Armstrong here. He said that, like, he knows there's a next level for Cairo. He's just not there. And he had a horrendous start to last year uh, and then picked it up about this time. Um, but yeah, we're still just not seeing any signs of that. Yeah, I, it's 10 PM. Do you know where your children are? <clears throat> Nicely Bill? done. Nicely Good done. I, I, I cede my time to the 10 PM announcement. <laughs> um, the, uh, Hey, it's 10 PM. Do you know where your children are? Oh my God, let the man talk. <laughs> I'll always cede my time to Cindy Lauper. <laughs> All right, so, go ahead. All right, my bad. Yeah. I'm not going to start talking because you're going to do it again. <laughs> I've got, I've got, those are the only two I have. Let's uh, see Kurt's hands. Put your hands up. <laughs> there you go. So. <clears throat> it's- oh, my God, you dick. <laughs> I didn't do that. I didn't do that. Was it Austin? Oh, Austin, you you're fired. Boy. Bill is I didn't do that. gonna destroy you, son. Oh, uh, you're fired. You're so all right. Fired. Seriously, let him talk now, please. I don't even know what I was gonna say now. Uh, Let's just I hear Craig Berube's free. Let's uh, the blue should hire him. No. We're talking about Cairo. Yeah, no, I don't think that you know, obviously Cairo's the uh the pariah as far as the the team goes right uh verana wasn't clicking and he was he was never going to be a baruby guy and he he was his play uh in the uh, defensive zone just he was never gonna stick with this team um he uh he's gone you know that baruby's whipping boy was gone but to kairu's the guy that really could have made this the entire difference for this team. Um, you know, power play goals, um, expect Kyrou to have a couple. The whole power play, I think, is really, even though, you know, as Armstrong said today, it's it's Steve Ott is the guy that runs the power play. But I think Baruby's ultimately paying the price for the power play being so historically bad, right? They're, they just are so ineffective with such high quality, uh, you know, uh, top, you know, the, the, the top offensive players we have, um, we just couldn't get anything going. And I, I think the combination of team being super inconsistent, win a few, lose a few. And like you said, Jeff, you know, I, I think it was after that that uh, West Coast road trip where you know we're like we didn't expect it to uh, you know to, 
to get the points in the games that we got the points. Right. We didn't expect to drop them to, uh, to San Jose and, um, you know, gain the points where we did, but it's, it, the team's been completely frustrating and I kind of had the sense all season that Ruby didn't have the attention uh, of Cairo and of Thomas. And, you know, that that's the, that's who they're trying to build around. Thomas is the one guy that's been consistent on this team. Yep. And the, I think that there's been overemphasis on, especially in, on the DN. Um, I, I felt like last night that, players were really looking tired mm. which you don't want to look tired you know in a game where the opponent's coming off back to back with travel um but Pareko looked really tired to me um i think you know that the minutes might be catching up to him um and you know it it just felt like the time was right for this to happen i think armstrong's looking at you know, we're, we're not to the halfway point. We're not to Christmas yet. We're, you know, we, if there's a time to salvage the season, it's now we can't wait until January to make a move. And I think I, I was not surprised when, you know, when I woke up this morning and saw, saw the news, I, I, it, you know, six years is a long time for a head coach to be around somewhere. It should and, be noted too that on the, the the power you mentioned the power play bill that Brad Richards was brought in to mm-hmm. as a, a few days ago actually right, uh, right. as a consultant to um, just post you know uh, after games you know uh, the next day kind of evaluate the power play and and touch base with Ott on some things so maybe he'll have some ideas to fix the power play which is historically bad yeah. really really bad I've never seen a Blues power play look this bad for this long. It's right. it's been really, really as bad. I said to Bill, isn't it crazy they're not last in the entire yeah. NHL and somehow it's the, Pittsburgh that's worse than them? That was Washington. I thought it was Washington. It was last night it was Washington. I thought it was Pittsburgh, but maybe you're right. Last last night it was Washington. Maybe it changed uh with the games last night. Uh I don't I know. Can look Are you up. looking? Because I won't look as well. I'm um looking. okay, go ahead and look. Uh so so talk about last night. I just want to mention real quick with the power play. Last night I thought was a prime example of how bad this power play is. Uh, so the Blues had three power plays in this one, went 0 for 3. First power play, about two minutes in, uh, they had some momentum in the offensive zone, and Gostabar got the, uh, yeah. It is Washington. P- uh, Pittsburgh's seven, uh, Pittsburgh's 27th. That's Not just as is, is great with Alex Ovechkin taking bombs yeah. like he does. He he's showing his age this year. He they're eight point two percent and blues are eight point four. They are neck and neck. <laughs> yeah, they are. Eight point four. Not where you want to be. You um, you want to be over twenty. Yeah. And yeah. they're not even close. Oh. They literally last bad. night, because of their shorthanded goal, Scandela's beauty yeah. shorthanded oh, goal. Oh. They have more shorthanded goals than power play goals. Eight versus seven. Yeah. And how about that goal? Man, oh. Scandela. I'd, and did if you guys picked up on on Jamie Rivers what he says when someone puts it top shelf? Have you noticed this? He's been mixing it up. He well, he's said a few times. He said where you you know it puts it upstairs where you hide the good stuff. 
Oh, yeah. Speaking I've of, uh, you know, the expense of liqueur. Yeah, liquor. right. Yeah. He, I oh, have I noticed that he's been throwing out different things, right? You know, yeah, right. Was, he has changed it up, yeah. And he's the, going, what, uh, Mike Lang? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not, which, not quite which, that crazy. Which which is good. I'll I will uh, I'll give I'll give the man props. I yeah. have been I've been very happy with him. I was I was afraid that it was just gonna be uh very robotic, but he's actually been pretty good. Yeah, so, no, yeah. I am I'm, I'm I'm happy with uh, Rivers. He's done good. Well anyway, so the power plays last night. So Gosper gets that penalty. Blues do not capitalize. And again, they do score the first goal of the game. But still, that was a 0-0 early on. Take the momentum away from Detroit. You could have had a one nothing lead. Second power play, first period again. Couple minutes, Well, it was late in the period, 17-19. Uh, at this point, it was 2-1 Detroit, so they'd already come back and taken the lead. Uh, that was when Sherrod High-sticked Sunquist in front of Huso. Uh, Blues could not capitalize. That would have been a huge power play to score a goal on and tie the, per- tie the game going into the second period. Again, Blues do come back. Kevin Hayes scoring two goals there, which was nice at the start of the second. But to leave the period again at at least a tie would have been really nice coming out of intermission. And then, of course, the third period. Um, they had that uh, at 1635. It was 5-4 Detroit. Andrew Kopp uh, held Hayes, and the Blues were pressuring. So they get a chance late to tie. Um, and again, not to... Uh, 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 dog, a guy who is now officially gone from the team, but I did not like pulling the goalie there uh, to make it six on four. I get it. I get that you're like, we've got to pull him so we can get another man out there. What, 30 but seconds of power play? play is I garbage. I, Absolute I, that's, garbage. To me, that's why you do it to go six on four, mm-hmm. to do something I different. Don't. I'm sorry. I, I wait until the power play is over. Then no. I pull the goalie. The definition. No. There was only a minute and a half left at that point, right? I know. You so you pull him with a minute and a half left. No, is that nowadays? That's late. I, I don't care about what it is nowadays. It ain't I, working but, for the Blues. Well, the but the power play as it stands is never scoring goals. So I think you know this. The definition of insanity. Let's just keep doing the same thing. If you got an opportunity to go six six on four for 30 seconds. I thought that was, I personally, that much, you know, that much time left. I don't pull 30 seconds I, I, with a minute and a half in the game. No, I, I would do it. I, 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 I was, not, I was, not I was with this power play, but it's why I would do it with this power. But play, they the power can't play is terrible. control the puck. If but, they can control the puck, six I on four with you, but they can't I'm do saying, it. Five on four. They have no puck control. If they have puck control, but they're just not scoring. I'm all for it. But how many times do they fucking turn the puck over? <clears throat> well, it didn't, it didn't burn them though. I it burn them. It <laughs> How really did not burn them. No, it, I mean, okay. What I'm saying is, is that they they need they they pull the goalie with like a minute and a half to go, and to get a six on four. I think I think every team in the league does that. I think every yeah. single one. I I agree, but when you are the Blues, I don't. So you would yeah. just do the same power play. Do you just roll that that same losing power play out there, and then not take advantage of I'm an opportunity to do something differently? After the power play's over, if you no. can strike, then no. you have basically another power play. You have six a minute. Then. Five. You have a minute. Then that's only yeah. a minute. You can, nah, you two, can score a time. goal in a minute. You can score a goal in a second. I know you can, but that's that's statistically, scientifically. That's, I don't care about statistics. Statistically, the Blues' power play has that's given up almost as many goals as they've scored. So and, why give them the empty net? 
Be, because you do something different because the power play does not work. So we do, okay, if we got, we can go six on four, let's change it up. We'll go six on four. We'll get an extra guy out there that might help with possession. And if not for a brain fart on the boards where Cairo didn't know what to do with the puck and lost it on his own, he lost it on his own. It wasn't, it wasn't like he was like, it wasn't a puck battle. They called it a puck battle. Okay. They lost. He didn't well, lose a puck battle. He cut back and lost the puck. Well, then, then maybe the away. fault is putting Kairou on the power play again. That's right? that. Agree now, with that? I would be. I would. I would side with that as because I, I. I think I said online. I'm like, I was not really in favor of changing the responsibilities for Kairou uh, up until last game. Uh, I was like, you know what? You got it. You got to. You got to just do something different for a while with him. Take him off the power play. Cut his ice time, move him down the lineup a little bit. Just do something different um, to maybe get him some some other looks against other defenses. I don't know, uh, but I, I would have not been against sitting him on the power play. That that's he's not scoring uh, or as much as he should anyway. He's a threat. He's always a threat. He gets tons of chances, but he ain't doing it. And uh, his his I don't know what you call it on the boards. I don't know what he was doing. He just held on to too long, made a cutback, lost the puck, then poked away, and they scored. It's like, Jesus. It wasn't even a puck know, battle. They called it a puck battle. It know. wasn't a puck battle. He just lost no, it. No, it wasn't a puck. He just lost it. Yeah. He he lost it there was one point where he broke away, and the guy, uh, was it Valeno, wasn't mm-hmm. even on him. Like, he had time to just dump it down where I think Shen was waiting in the corner and no one on him, but he held on to the puck. So what are you fucking doing, man? He could have won point um, too. He could have won point too. He had point. Do you do you know where uh he ranks in terms of forwards time on ice for the blues? Kyra? Yeah. Number one. Uh, no, no, number Bill? one. Number one. Uh he's he's gotta be what third? Number one forward? Bill. Bill, what do you say? Um, I'm gonna give Kurt four more guesses before I weigh <laughs> in. Well, he he doesn't log as much time as a defenseman. One, two, he said I'm as saying forward. forward. Oh, it's forward. a forward. As, as the, forward. The, top, the top forward, yeah. Um, I would say he is number four. He is number three. Okay. Bill or Kurt, one of your five guesses was right. Um, he is uh, eighteen oh four, which to me is ridiculous. The guy has uh, what four, five goals. He has five goals, and you're playing him third most. He's basically getting top line minutes still for the Blues. Like that's ridiculous. Yeah. I, sorry, Baruby. I'm yeah. sad you're gone, but that is a bad call, and I hope Bannister makes mm. a huge change there. I Again, not hating Kairou like a lot of the fan base is right now, but he should not be getting top three minutes. Yeah. So so on this whole thing, I, I think Kurt is – I'm, I'm going to side with Kurt on the – you know, and this coming from the goalie who doesn't want to ever get pulled. <laughs> I absolutely hate it every time I had to get pulled. Right. But in this case, you're doing it for the statistical, the, the probability advantage, right? Six on four. Um, but I think what happened on the ice was that the Red Wings, you know, they, they capitalized on a guy they knew that they could get a turnover from. And, you know, they're, they're going to allow the puck to go to Cairo and let him fuck it up. Right. He right now is a turnover machine along the boards, pressure him and he's going to turn it over, whether it's in his own zone or the other zone. If he's skating with speed through the neutral zone, probably going to make a play. 
But if you make him try to make a play along the boards, he's going to turn the puck over. The Red Wings capitalized on that. I thought I thought it was dogged determination by Joe Valeno to get that and force the turnover. Right? Agreed. He made Kairou make a mistake, and he did. And sure. then, you know, they they got out hustled down down the ice, and yeah, it's awful. I I don't think you can put Kairou in that position for a couple of games, right? You've got to limit his, his ability. I I think teams are keying in on that. They know that right now he is playing with bad, bad puck control, whether it's confidence, whatever. I, I think teams can take advantage of that. And I think we saw that with the Red Wings last night. I like the fact that he, I like the fact that he's still shooting. And and we, we said this before that he leads the team in shots. It's, it's by a wide margin. It's not even close. But uh, and I've said I think he needs to shoot even more. He 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 passes up a ton of chances. He's always got the puck. I mean, at least he's always touch. He always gets touches. And I just I just feel like he's he's got he might have the best shot on the team when he hits the net. But it's just like. He passes up too many chances. I mean, you're not, you're not a passer. Don't, don't, don't try and be a passer. If you've got a shot, if you've got a lane, take it. If you don't have a lane, take it. It might go off somebody and in. Uh, I, yeah, I don't, I, I don't like him trying to make the perfect play when your offense is struggling, when your power play is struggling, when you're struggling, put the fucking thing on net. You get a, you, if it's on your, if it's on your stick and you're inside the hash marks or even at the top of the circle, shoot it, put it on net. Uh, look for a rebound. Look for a fluid deflection. Anything. Right. So go back to the Buffalo game when you know he he had two beautiful assists in that game, right? And that that that's kind of like the wrong feedback we want to get from him, right? He he completely undressed the Buffalo uh, defense, took three guys out, and you know was able to put the puck back across to a wide open uh, neighbors, right? I think it was neighbors that tucked that goal in. That. Kyrie, like he he has that ability, but then he he's going to look to do that from there on out rather than you know shooting. But to your point, he is he is shooting, and we yeah. want him to keep doing that. Just don't pass the fucking puck to him along <laughs> the boards. Just don't put him in that position. And I think teams are going to allow him to be open because they know that they can get a turnover. You've got to start playing away from that. Uh, we have, we've got to take commercial boys. Yes, I agree. Uh, we'll get, uh, more into this on the, uh, other side of this break. You're listening to, uh, Kurt, Bill and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio. We'll return after these messages. We've all tried a diet or workout fad at one time or another, but it always ends the same, right? We either lose the weight and then get back to our routine, but then put the weight right back on, or it just simply never takes hold. It's time to move into a habit-based program that focuses on organization and simplicity. Rock and That Idea Life's Lean 30 lays it all out for you with the correct food to eat, how to meal prep, and even sprinkles in plenty of healthy recipes. With Lean 30, you'll get the full ID Life arsenal, including energy for that needed kick, a tasty nourish shake for your needed fiber intake, slim plus to help control your cravings and provide a metabolic boost 
Lean capsules help bust those sugar cravings, and IED Nutrition gives you the added punch you need that takes the guesswork out of what supplements to take. Join the many who are seeing success and make this your last first day on a new program. Visit rockandthatidealife.com to get started, and remember to email Dustin at rockandthatidealife at gmail.com for an extra 10% off exclusively for Let's Go Blues radio listeners. Start your transformation to the confident, vibrant person you've always wanted to be with rockandthatidealife.com. St. Louis hockey fans know how it takes a reliable captain and a team of hard workers to achieve major goals. As a police officer and a hockey player, realtor Mike Burgoyne would wear the C in any situation. As a leader in the home buying or selling process, Mike has surrounded himself with a team of trustworthy inspectors, lenders, and escrow officers that work together more cohesively than Hall & Oates. And as a member of many teams in his life, Mike knows the service are first responders, veterans, nurses, teachers, and yes, even you let's go blues radio listeners provide the community so we offer special rates to those individuals find the value in mike's leadership and teamwork today by emailing him at mike at strikewithmike.com or calling 314-753-4060 he'll work closely with you and only show you the homes that match your goals that email again is mike at strikewithmike.com or call him at 314-753-4060 and succeed with your new teammate today and now back to Let's Go Blues Radio, the longest running St. Louis Blues podcast with Price, Ponder, and Day. All right. Um, so there was a press conference today. Uh, Doug Armstrong talked to the press for about a half an hour. Um, he did say that he uh, takes full responsibility and hopes uh, that those he talked to takes responsibility, which. I find I found that phrasing interesting. I'm like, oh, I wonder who else he talked to that he felt should take responsibility. And besides Bruby, um, probably some players. I'm sure he talked to the team, and uh, so I, I'm wondering if he talked with some players individually. So if I was in the media, I would have like one of the follow up question on that answer. Uh, is, oh, who did you else talk to? And you know, as far as like uh, Kairu, for example, I'm you know, whatever uh, players that need to take responsibility was interesting. Um, I mean, uh, I mean, who do you talk to if you're him, you know, the player yeah, of the team. Shen? Yeah, I guess Shen, Shen. maybe the alternate captains, uh, maybe some of your young guys. I say you address, I take, I say you address Shen. You take, you talk to Shen, uh, the alternates, and then uh, maybe have the team as a whole uh, have a meeting. Uh, you yeah. know, I, I don't know. Um, that's what I would do. Um, I, I don't, I wouldn't put that on Shen to have a meeting to tell the team that I would, you know, and I, I would hope that Armstrong had some choice words for the team. And I think he did. He kind of implied that that was the case that there was some, or somebody said that that was the case. There were some, some things said to the team that, you know, as far as, Oh, Oh, it was, um, Oh, who said it? Uh, if you don't like it, uh, oh, it was uh, uh, Bennington who was uh, interviewed and, and uh, said that, you know, if uh, if guys aren't, uh, you know, you what I and I thought this was this was fantastic. I don't know if you heard Bennington uh, quoted on this, but uh, he's a guy that I don't think anybody can argue. He wants to win. He leaves it on the ice. He's 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 given his all. He's one of the players that you can tell do that. And he said that 
basically what was said is that if you're not going to, you know, your time in the NHL is limited. You know, it's a, it's a privilege to play in the NHL and your time in the NHL is limited. You give it everything you've got. And if you don't get out, you know, yeah. we, we don't want you here. That's, that's almost not, exactly what he said. Yeah. yeah. And, and I was like, and I was like, that is brilliant. I mean, it, it's so simplistic and, but it's truthful and it's honest and it's like, good. It needs to be said. And to remind guys that, Hey, this is a fucking privilege to play in the NHL. If you're not going to bust your ass and leave it all on the ice, you know, if you come off the ice thinking after a game, eh, I could have, I could have played harder. Why is that? Why didn't you play harder? So, yeah. and, and if players are going to have that attitude where they, they maybe could have played harder, but didn't, you know, Benton was like, get out. We don't want you here. You know, and you know, it's, that's, it's, that's it's fantastic. Ri- it, it's ridiculous to do this, but this is kind of what we do on the show. Uh, relate these NHL moments to us playing beer league and, you know, high school and college. Um, Cause that's the farthest we ever got. Um, but I will say like, there are literally times where I'll be having an, an off game even now, 38 years old, playing beer league pickup hockey, basically. And there's times where I say, man, I'm having a bad game, and I'm just not in it today. And then I'll get to the bench, and I'm just thinking, you know, my time playing hockey, and you guys can definitely relate to this, it's very limited. There's going to be a day where I never play another hockey game again. And it's like, if I'm going to play now, I need to get my ass out there and give it everything I got and skate as hard as I can. And that, again, is just a beer league guy saying that. To me, like, yeah, if you're in the NHL, you've got a very small window to make money, to make a name for yourself, and to be relevant in this game. And I don't know. You got to wonder who Bennington's really talking about. I I know everyone's going to say Kairou, but, you know, it's not just Kairou. He said some things last year. Um when, before the Blues made all those trades, something about along the lines of um, this is the NHL. Let's effing go. Like, yeah, he's, you could tell when someone's dogging it, Bennington's the guy that's going to notice and he's going to be pissed. Right, Bill? I mean, Bill, you can speak to that. You, you watch these guys from your crease. You can tell that guy's not giving me anything tonight. I'd like to see him bent because what's the point of even playing him if he's not going to skate his artist. Yeah, especially on you know the defensive end of things. You know, I I've <clears throat> I had choice words for some of my defensemen uh, over the years, but yeah, Bennington is is what I like. What I liked about the Bennington and, um, interview is it to me it's it's it shows the fire, but composure, right? Before this year, we've never used the word composure with Jordan Bennington, but he's he's showing uh, some maturation, and and uh, I I like that about him. Um, you know, I I think you know the it's probably shots across the bow for you know guys like well, I mean Verona's already gone, but I, I think that's that's a guy that right when last year he was having his success here it was what a great trade by by army uh, or what a, what a great waiver pick by him give him a second chance bring him in and he's a guy that last year it looked like he was taking it and this year this is like you know i'm not gonna play the defensive side of the game again and you know i i, I so i think 
probably some Bennington's words were were rooted in that. Um, but uh, you know, also, you know, I I do think you know I I I think it's right that there's a lot of shade being thrown Kyrou's way at this point because he isn't he isn't scoring he isn't earning the contract right. Um, I get Kurt's point that he's he is trying to improve his game on both sides of the puck, but you know at this point, uh, let's let's focus on scoring. Let, we need you to score, and yeah. you know if you can do both, yeah. you can do both. That's the whole that's the whole point, right? <clears throat> I mean, right. He, that, he's he's signed to be a, a producer offensively, but he needs to be responsible defensively. So right. you can do both. They're, they're, you know, the great players do both. And, you know, I, I think that was the hope after, you know, because he had a terrible, very, very beginning to the season. And then when he finally scored, it was after he made a good defensive zone play, got the puck up the ice and then followed it up to get a great pass from Thomas to score. I forget what game that was, but, um, you know, it, it, that that was like, OK, maybe he's finally figured it out and he just hasn't. And again, he's he's looking beer. That is, that's that's the Parker Pilsner. That is a good looking beer. Sorry, totally interrupting. And and again, Kyra's getting his chances. He he's, you know, I think I think a lot of um, I I think the play last night where he lost the puck, you know, I think that could be just um, accepted as, oh god, that sucks. Um, If he had twelve, fifteen goals this season, um, like he could have, should have almost. You know, it's just, it's just, it's, it's an execution thing, which, you know, um, is hardly a Barube problem. You know, Barube, you know, tries to put players, his job is to put players in, in the best position for them to succeed individually and as a team. So, you know, and he's, I think he's done that with Cairo. Um, and he, he's, he's worked with him and he's made him be more responsible in his own zone, which he's done much better with this year. And he's still getting chances offensively. He's just not finishing. It's like, you can't, you know, Rupert can't go out there and, and make him finish the, these shot these chances. Um, you gotta think that the chances are going to start going in for him, uh, with the amount of chances he's getting. Uh, it's, so it's. It's it's almost like it's you know they say you know Kairou is 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 one of the reasons why Bruby got fired, um, which I understand production wise, but man he's getting the chances and Bruby, I, I don't know what else Bruby could have done with Kairou. I mean, he's he's improved his overall play, but his offense has suffered this season. His production has suffered this season, but he's still getting the chances. It'd be different anyway if he wasn't getting chances, wasn't getting shots, you know, wasn't involved in the play offensively. That's not the case. He is very involved offensively, but he's just not getting results uh, and, and on his shots and opportunities. Which, I, I, again, I don't know what Brube, what else Brube could have done with Cairo to 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 help him actually put the puck in the net. Aside from just giving the chances and, and putting him on lines, matchups where he can be given the best opportunity and he is and he's getting chances he's just not putting it in so i don't know what else Burbank could do as far as Kyrie is concerned um yeah it, it, i don't know i i there's a lot of players on this team well and that's the thing that's kind of interesting right is there's a lot of players on this team that i think are underperforming uh Kyrou comes to mind um verana obviously um 
I think early on we all thought early. he was kind of a scapegoat. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. And I thought we we all thought he was kind of a scapegoat for Baruby to to say, yeah, the Verana, you know, he he took that bad penalty uh, against Winnipeg, and then he had a turnover, and it was like, what is he doing that Cairo isn't doing every night? And again, I don't mean to just dog on Cairo, but it's true. I think as the seasons progressed, I have definitely seen what Baruby was thinking with Verona. Have you guys? I there was I don't remember what it was. There's I mentioned it. Um he came back into the lineup in in one game and every pass was 10 feet in front of someone. He wasn't moving his feet and I was like, "Oh, now I'm seeing what Baruby was seeing." And again, that's why we always say these head coaches know more about they've forgotten more about hockey yeah. than we know. Did you um, because he probably saw that kind of play starting to come out of him. And it's like, I don't want to see where this goes. I'm going to try and sit him and stop that. Now. When Hugh McGing was brought up and uh, was put on a line with Verona, did you see what Kairu said about that? Uh, not Kairu, um, Korak. Sorry, Luke Korak. No. He was like, well, you put a player, a, a new player, uh, with on a line with a player who doesn't want to be here. Uh, what do you expect? The line wasn't very productive. You know, even though McGing had some chances. It's like no. say Verona was uh, minus two that game. Yeah, yeah, he was very critical of Verona uh, at that point, as far as like just not. You know, he's like he's just he doesn't want to be here. Yeah. So that McGing, a- I thought that the Chicago game, McGing, like he just kept crashing the yeah. slot. Yeah. And I you know, I thought he was probably the best blues forward in, in most of that game. Um but yeah. I I wasn't I wasn't surprised that that you know Verona went you know was 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 waved. It just uh we'll talk about him more later, but I, I I have to wonder if they think, okay, maybe, maybe we move the head coach. He goes down to Springfield, get some time in the AHL. Maybe later in the season, if he's not traded, maybe they bring him back up and give him another oh, shot sure with a new head coach. I'm sure they'll bring him back up at some point to try and hopefully he'll, you know. Interesting who they called up in his place, right? Oh, McEachern? Another, yeah. a Baruby player mm-hmm. in McKenzie yeah. McEachern. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I mean, McEachern does not excite me whatsoever. He's, I'm done with McEachern. I was really hoping just to see what it would do. Bring up a Dean or a Bull Duke. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. What is just to see? What does Bull Duke got to do to prove Kurt wrong? <laughs> right. <laughs> so far, I'm right. <laughs> well, that's why they haven't called him up. They're like, well, did you hear what yeah. Kurt Price said on Let's Go Blues yeah. Radio? We. That guy's got to like score a hundred goals in the AHL he's, for us to call he's, him up. He's going to have you know no more than like what did I say thirty eight games of the Blues. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. No, uh, that's that. I I didn't I didn't see the news about uh, McEachern getting yeah. called up, but yeah. why the hell well, not the just bring one, back Chris Porter at this point? Right? It's well, it's my, the my same point player. on it is Adam Gaudet is having a ridiculous year. Let's reward yeah. that guy. Yeah, bring him up. Like I. McEachern is fine, whatever you, but the problem is, you know what you're getting in McEachern and you probably know what you're getting in Gaudette, but I'm wondering if a Gaudette is like a Nathan Walker when he was first called up. Remember how he went on a Spark scoring bug. tear? Yeah. You never know what this Gaudette guy could do. He hasn't played as a, Put him on the, played as a Maple Bring up Gaudette, 
Put him on the power play. Why not? Yeah, and Ken Morris, I'm with you on that too. Uh, uh, he says, uh, I take Nathan Walker over McKenzie McEachern. I I, would I don't hate McEachern, don't get me wrong, but I don't under truly understand if this team needs scoring or bringing up McKenzie McEachern. I just don't care about him. Nathan Walker at least has good hands to score around the net. Yeah, I, I think... I think the conversation probably went like, okay, we need to call somebody up now. Um, you know, man, I, I wish we had another Oscar Sunquist. Uh, who who do we got down there? Oh, McEachern. He, he's 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 cut from the same cloth as Oscar. Yeah, do you think they asked? Do you think they asked Bannister? Hey, who who would you prefer to call? Right. Him? Maybe well, he said McEachern. Well, I'm sure he had input. Right, I mean, he's. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. that makes complete sense. I, I don't. I don't know. Like after listening to that presser, there were a couple of things that I'm like, huh, that's an interesting way of going about it. Like announcing during the presser that um, the guys yeah. that Chris Thorburn and Glenn Wesley and uh, uh, Dave Alexander are now going to be spending some time behind the Blues bench this season, <laughs> right? Oh, and they're yeah. just finding out about it. Like he he actually said. And they're finding out about this right now. Like that, that was weird. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of, well, and, and something I brought up on Twitter and I fully under, I fully hundred percent believe in this. I don't, and, and this is this. Okay. Right here. This is my biggest problem with the Baruby firing. It's the fact that you went in this summer and you said, Baruby's our guy. Let's fire the assistants and bring in guys, and you know Baruby was part of that process, to find assistance in Mike Weber and Michael Babcock and said, I, these are the guys I want as my assistants behind the bench. Yeah. Okay, great. We'll we'll get them in. Let's hire them. Cool. 28 games in, you're firing that head coach, and you're bringing in somebody else who has to now learn that these are my assistants. And I'm not saying this is the first time they've met, well, but clearly this is the first time coaching a team together. It, that just seems odd because when you, and again, I know Bannister is your interim head coach, but when you bring in a new head coach, he wants to hire his own assistants. Well, I, I, I understand it from a, uh, cause the assistants are here and familiar with the team already. It'd be, you know what I mean? I, I get that. You know they already have familiarity, and and uh, as opposed to Bannister bringing his own like a whole new crew right off the bat, um, I guess I understand it'd be an easier transition for Bannister, maybe um, because he's not you know the players are already familiar with the assistants, the, the assistant coaches. I, I don't know. I I, I, I it would but be interesting just, to, to overhaul feel... the entire thing, but I don't think. I'm not saying you do that because you just hired those assistants. That would be really shitty to do that to yeah. Weber and Babcock. Especially when Weber's done saying a good job. It's odd. Weber's a- it's odd to me that you hire assistants under Baruby, and then after 28 games, you get rid of Baruby yeah. and you say, "Here's this new guy." Like I, it just feels so backwards on how you should operate a team. Well, I, I mean, okay, I, I know. Are we? Where, where do we fall on the spectrum of was this a just firing? Um, I know, I know Bill said he was not surprised. Um, are, are you, are you on board with the firing or do you think, 
uh, are you do you question the timing? Are you on board no. with it? Are you against it? Or what's your what's your thoughts? No, I I I think it's ju- a just firing. Just firing. I, I I think so. Just uh, it, there is a chance to salvage the season. Um, you can't if you wait till after the new year, after Christmas, uh, to make it. That's too late. Um, do, you know, six years is a long time, and the voice grows stale. Do you feel? that the blues should be better than they are right now at this point in the season. Yes. I, okay. I think, okay. I, I, how, how much better Two well, so two weeks ago I said, I was surprised at how well the blues were playing to the expectations that we had last year. Right. I, right. Last year, they, they totally underachieved this year. I thought we were seeing a team that, if we had a modicum of, of defense last year, we would have seen better results. And I think that's what we were seeing, but this, the power play it, that the completely ineffective power play is, is the, the stain on this team that, that we just can't look past. So, and, so we, and we talked last year about the defense being God awful and the Achilles heel of that team. So if the power play is the Achilles heel of this team, why not fire Steve Ott? Right. Why not bring in uh, another uh, assistant coach? Can I add a caveat yeah. to that? Yeah. Do you think that's why Steve Ott was not named head coach? Mm. I uh, interim. Yes. Sorry, interim head yes. coach. I mean, I'm not sure. Mm. You know, I don't know. I, 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 if he's responsible, he's responsible for the power play, and it is historically bad why why would he be named the head coach now i could see him i I could see him being in the head coach if they had another guy lined up that they figured would be here in a week or two i can see him just just taking over for a couple weeks and then going Mm -hmm. back to an assistant coach i can see that happening but i can't see him taking over for maybe a month or two or however long until they get a new coach in here let's say the blues are middle of the pack clearly this high this firing probably doesn't happen but Let's just say for shits and giggles, the Blues are middle of the pack power play. Bruby still gets fired. Like they're a 15th ranked power play. Do you think the reins are handed over to Steve Ott? And with the thought of your interim until the end of the season, unless you sputter and will hire someone else? I think there's a better probability of that happening, but not. it's not 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Uh, Armstrong in the press. Well, hang on. You, uh, you actually, you did ask uh, yes, both of right. us uh, yes. if we felt this was a just <laughs> yes. firing. It, it's such a weird question to answer because you know you look back at at, at the history of of Blues firings and even Doug Armstrong's coach firings. Uh, you know, Davis Payne. I was which a little we were, which we were kind on, of against at first, mm-hmm. right? We yeah. were because I thought, man, I thought you could give this guy another chance. I thought, for those that may not remember, or maybe even weren't fans back then, right. no, he had one full season. He was he was the only here for one full season. He was brought in. Uh, was it? He was midway of one year. Then he had one full year, and that one full year, every single blue that you expected to produce had at least some type of injury for at least five or six games. That was the year. Uh, Matt D'Agostini 
who was a name that came up yeah. today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt D'Agostini went off and had like 15 or 20 goals or whatever it was. And the Blues just missed the playoffs. And it was, okay, next year you're going to have some healthy players. Let's see what they do. Was it nine games mm-hmm. in yep. when they when they fired Davis Payne and brought in Hitchcock? We were against that. We said, what the hell? Give this guy a chance. Obviously, Hitchcock worked out for a while. By the time he was fired, I was like, yes, this is time. He should have been fired a year ago. Um, Mike Yo, I was not on board with at all the entire no, time was he I. was here. So <laughs> the, I, the weirdest, I look at that and the I weirdest say, succession it's, it's plan in history. Yes. We've hired your that replacement. Was that, Make him good. Yeah, that was the that's hard to compare because like I said, that was the one time in blues history. Even my kitchen doesn't rank with this. Uh, that was the one time in blues history. I said, this is the wrong hiring and I know I'm going to be right. And I was, um, and, but this one, I don't know, man. I, it's, it's so weird. It's a hard question to answer because I'd like Baruby. I thought it, I do agree with the section of the fan base that is saying this is bullshit. It's the roster construction. It's also the roster. Why fire the coach when he's not the problem? I part of me honestly does see that. It's just one, this is professional sports. It is always easier to fire the coach than fire the players or even the GM, especially midseason. Um, but I do think it was just, it's just for me. If you're going, if you had any inkling going into the season that I might fire Baruby, barring, of course, like a 14 game losing streak or something, but the fact that they're one point out of a wild card spot, um, I do think that it was, I thought he'd get a much bigger leash, a longer leash. I, I'm just like, if you thought there was a chance I'm going to fire him early, barring a, a crazy losing streak, um, you do it over the summer. You get somebody else in here to implement their plan in training camp, and then if you're going full rebuild or retool or whatever, you get a guy ready for that. To me, I actually, in the vote of confidence, is something that coaches hate because Armstrong came out and said, Ruby's absolutely safe. That's never true. They're always gone within a year after a GM says that. But to me, I actually believed Armstrong because I'm like, he's going through this whole retool thing and he's going to keep Ruby as the head coach. Well, man, I just think if you're going to do it, you got to do it over the summer. Well, like, I don't think you gave him a long enough leash if you're going to let him start the year. I I don't, I don't, I don't like the, I don't like the firing. I don't think it was just firing. I, I understand. I, I say that knowing full well this team has issues. You know the, the the power play is awful. There are players that are underproducing. However, based on the expectations of Armstrong and Stillman, both before the season started, this team is in that middle third, and they are one point out of a playoff spot. So they are competing with the upper middle third, which is right where Armstrong wanted them to be. Um, and he, and he hoped they would be, and they're they're right there. Um, he also said during the press conference that it's not, it wasn't about wins and losses; it was the way they were losing some of these yeah, games. I see that. So, and I get that, I understand that. But 
you know, based on the roster construction, you're going to have that. That's the way this team is going to play. They're going to have some good games, some bad games. They're going to be inconsistent. You know, if they were consistent, they'd be in the upper third of the league and they'd be a better team. I, I, I'm not, you know, saying this team isn't playing as well as he wants them to like in certain aspects. I'm like, okay, but that's what makes them a middle third team. That's what, that's what keeps them out of the upper third. So it's almost like there's more to this than what is being said as far as, you know, it's, and he said, you know, I mean, I don't know if he's just saying the right things, but he said Berube is, a, is too good of a coach to not be coaching in this league, and he'll coach somewhere fairly quickly, he thinks, which, you know, I, I think he should still be here. I think other changes could have been made. You could have fired Steve Ott. You could have, uh, which I think is absolutely something you should do. If you're going to fire the head coach, uh, and one of the reasons is it got off a of power play, why is the power play coach still here? Um, well, that and the fact that he also fired two other coaches yeah, this summer. right. It's it's clear he has no problem firing sure. assistant coaches. Right. So I'm like Steve Ott has the goods on him. <laughs> I said that when he was playing. <laughs> My here. dog. I'm like, clearly Steve Ott has something on Doug Armstrong because he should not be playing. Yeah. <laughs> so so a couple of things I, I, I want to address. Um uh winning unlimited in the chat says, Why didn't Brad Richards just accept a role for power play coach? Why just a consultant? I think the answer is he'd have to move here from Tampa. Yeah. He's, man, my dog has gas. This is bad. I thought, did he just <laughs> shit all over the floor? I'm looking around. I'm like, no, it's not there. It's just gas. Oh, my God. Jesus. Yeah, Christ. we had that with our dog recently. It's not fun. It's the worst. <laughs> oh, man. I, I it's like there's a big pile of it right here. It's the holiday season. I want to get you a gift, Dad. God, yep, that's this right. This is all I could afford. Yeah. So no, I, I, uh, I, well, and I think also it wasn't. A, I don't. I don't. There's not a lot of power play coach positions out right. there. I because it's not. That's not all. No. Steve Ott does. No. Steve Ott does a lot more than just as a power play coach. I think. I think again, you mentioned living in Tampa. That is probably part of it. Honestly, I think the other part of it is why he's not taking a power play coach job in the NHL is he's probably making buku bucks just telling teams what's wrong with their power play. Right. Why would yeah. you not want to do and that? And this is a nice thing to try. I'm all, on, I'm all on board with trying something different when the power play has been as bad as it has been all season long. It's not like we were really good for a while and then just tail off. No, it's been, it's been shift from the start. How long did it take us to get a power play goal? How many games? It was, it was a lot. I, I really hate to act like Mr. Know-it-all here, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, to me, I think, Brad, I think the first thing Brad Richards says is, why is everyone standing still? Yeah. Nobody is moving their feet on the power play. I'm not saying you have to, like, cycle all five guys around the net, but, like, you watch that power play, and it's just Krug over to Cairo, back to Krug, back to Thomas on the sidewall. Yeah. Behind the net to Buchnevich. And it's like none of these guys are moving. They're just standing there. You're not gonna create anything well, when you're just standing still. You can you you as a as a puck carrier, you you dish the puck off and then you move. Right? Yep. You move to get open. Yeah, you're you creating lanes. You want that that defensive box to move and shift. And so you're and you're moving the puck around to hopefully and you can find a lane to shoot or to pass 
or to find a back door or something. You're, I mean, because if if you're standing still the whole time, you're making it really easy on that defensive box. Just stay where they are and just kind of just play a, a small zone. Kind well, of. Well, what I I know this is like elite, 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 like elitist of the elite. But like I look back at the days of Pronger and McInnes, and like the way they would cycle with guys like Turgeon and, and Kachuk. Well, Kachuk usually stayed in front of the net, but like Young or whoever, they would like, the way they would always find a way, like, because, you know, teams would try to like stop them from shifting too much, but they always would seem to find a way to get McKinnis on the left boards and Pronger on the right. So Pronger could dish him a one-time pass and he could just fucking bomb it. Like, the fact that they could work that, they found ways of working that in their power play every time they had one was just like, watch that tape and tell me that you can't find, just keep your eye on Al McKinnis, keep your eye on Pierre Turgeon, Thomas, your Turgeon, you know, uh, Pareko, your McKinnis, you know, whatever it is. Like, there needs to be more movement. There is just not any movement right now. Okay, let's get back to the press conference. Um Armstrong said, if I get fired tomorrow, I don't feel like I left this team any better than in 2008 when I was hired. And that's an awful feeling. I, I don't understand this comment whatsoever. Yeah, because, I, I mean, do, do your accomplishments between then and now, like, are they I mean nothing? Because during his tenure here, the Blues, up until the last couple of years, had like the most points in the Western Conference during his tenure here. And I, I think and, and, that, and 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 if he if he'll get fired tomorrow, well, GMs don't typically get fired when they're on a high. They typically get fired when things are going poorly. So, and if they take over when things are going poorly, hopefully there was a you take over when it's poor, then you have these these seasons of high, and then oh my gosh, okay, it went down again, and that's when you get fired. Well, of course, it's, nobody gets fired when you're doing well, as far as the GM goes. I mean that that. I, I, I get what he's saying I though don't. in a certain aspect. Just, I think he's basic I think he's thinking more oh my god, I don't know how to say it, like two D, like two dimensional. I think he's basically saying if you take that two thousand eight team and you put him up against the two thousand twenty three team, they would end up in a tie. Well, go to a but, shootout. But again, but again, you take over a team I, that's not playing particularly well because a new GM, right? New situation because you're taking over the other GM is being replaced because they weren't playing very well. And if you're going to get replaced years down the road, that's because the team's not playing very well. So obviously, you're going to come into a situation at a low and probably leave it a low. So of course, those two teams might not be that different in terms of skill, but the but time and the years in between. I mean, you won a fucking Stanley Cup here. You you had years of success and and really really good teams. I don't understand the, well, this team is not any better than when I took over. But that's, that's weird to say to me. What about it, all these years in between were like big so, deal? So to me, it, it actually, it kind of reassures me that he has still got the fire and the passion. He's he's not saying, what do you want from me? I want you a goddamn Stanley yeah, Cup. Yeah, okay, I'll get that. Right? I, that's, you okay. know, he's, he's coming out and he's saying that, you know, this – the the team that we've got out there now is is not good. When I came in here, my goal was to bring this team to another level and to keep it there. And we've we've slid. You know, he didn't even acknowledge the Stanley Cup win, so we'll have to do that for him. He won a Stanley Cup, but they've slid so far back that they've they've regressed, and he feels like 
he's he's had really you know he's not going to give himself credit for for the Stanley Cup and he's got work to do and he is doing it so I I, I respect that I like that but you know it, it the he made some gambles that we're paying for right with with not you know that the whole Petrangelo decision um Julie and I have this conversation you know basically once a week she's still stuck on you know and that it, it's you know he's dismantled the team it's like no teams change right it's salary cap era teams are going to change right the the Petrangelo decision was the start and the decisions what? in between on defense specifically haven't you know haven't worked out the greatest right we have uh, we have cap kind of cap certainty with the the amount that we're paying those guys but you know last year was such an such an aberration uh, and and felt just wrong with paying so many so many defensemen six and a half million to be one of the worst defenses in the league you know i i get it right he's he's not he's not trying to rest on his laurels and he is he he still wants to have a legacy that you know and i think every professional wants this right you left the organization a better place and he can't say that that's that's where it is if he gets fired and i think he's probably got that fear in him right that uh, I think a little bit of it might be lip service too. Like I'm not saying it all is. I'm just saying part of it is. Imagine if he came out and said, "I've accomplished so much here in St. Louis. Uh, you know, we won a Stanley Cup. Um, I feel like I can ride off into the sunset and feel good well, about myself." Like you can't say he, that kind. He of can stuff. say he can say we've accomplished a whole lot here and rattle off a bunch of accomplishments, but then say we've gotten away from that. You know, we need to get back there. You know, and I've. And, and he said that he said in the press conference that you know he thinks he he knows he said he knows he's the right guy to fix this situation. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure exactly how uh, he painted himself into a corner with the no trade clauses, which is you know it's a catch twenty two because you can't you know no trade clauses are so common in the NHL and you almost have to offer them to get anybody to sign with you. Um, but and and then when you do want to maybe move on from somebody or suggest trading somebody or whatever to free up some cap space to fix an issue elsewhere. You can't, you know, and, and, and I, I think the problem is that there are just too many no trade clauses on the defensive side um, on players that maybe weren't not so much this year, you know, last year, I'd say more, much more so that weren't playing up to expectations. I think Krug's been better this year. Pareko's been far better this year. Um, defense to me, Generally speaking, this season has not been the issue at all. Uh, it's the horribly inconsistent offense, the bad power play um, that is, and and the the has has shot this team in the foot, and I think uh, and has put the defense back on its heels at times. So, and the uh, last three games, it was touched on a few times in the press conference that the last three games played a huge role in the decision to fire Brube. Um, Armstrong said when you've stacked the Blues roster up against the roster of those teams, there's no way, no way this team should have lost all three. I think we should, we could probably all agree to that. You shouldn't lose to Columbus and Chicago. You know, any given Sunday, right, you can lose a game to any team in the NHL. They're professional hockey players. 
but to lose three games in a row uh, to rosters that you probably should be beating, especially a Detroit team that is uh, missing Larkin, missing Perron. It's like, I mean, yeah, that's, that's, that's a, that's a team you should beat in your own building too. To me, this all trickles down. It's 11 o'clock. Do you know where your children are? I told you last night. No. <laughs> um, to me, this all trickles down from what happened against Vegas uh, last week. I thought, again, we. <laughs> it's so funny to, to when you listen to the show week to week. Last week's show, we were like, oh, my God, they beat Vegas. They looked so good. Bennington was on a heater. Unbelievable. Then they lose the next game. And we should have beat. We had a lead. lead. They should have won. But I need to – I'm sorry. You guys might disagree. To me, the turning point in the game, yes, they had already – they had a 3-1 lead. But to me, when they had – when Marchessault scored on the the power play, to me, Carlson – no question, 100% interfered with the goaltender before that goal was scored. He came through the crease, kicked Bennington's pad, and then passed it over to Marcheseau, who put it in the empty net. To me, that is a no. I know the NHL is awful, awful with goalie interference, but that was a no-doubt goalie interference to me. Like, there is no question in my mind they take that goal off the board. I, Bitty, or Barubi did not challenge. I'm gonna, I'm gonna that. <clears throat> I looked at that when that happened, and I said, "Ooh, that's a bad decision, Barubi. This is going to turn this game." And I think that was starting of his firing as well. Let me. I'm going to pull it up again because I, I I'm going to just refresh my memory on this goal because as Marsha shows goal, yeah. Because when I saw it, I thought it was a good no challenge. But let me pull it up here again. Let me, let me, let me see here. Uh, and I will tell you right now, you will. We might as well not argue about it because you will not change. Oh my no, mind. Well, we can. Uh, no, we're going to argue about it. <laughs> I thought, and, and I let me, one hundred percent surefire that would have been. And I thought, and I thought there was contact made with the stick, not the pad. And I could be wrong. With that. I'm just, pad. I'm just looking. I'm just looking. Back Everyone was saying stick. It was pad. No, it wasn't. I'm looking at it right now. There's no pad. Hold on. Let me see it again. They'll show it better angle this way. Mm-hmm. No, there's no pad there. He hits a stick. He kind of knocks the stick out of his hand. No, there's no pad. Sure. All right, I'm gonna watch it again now too. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, um, I mean, he may graze his pad, but he doesn't really. But he's in the crease. You can't touch the goalie he, and then have them score a goal. He brought the puck into the crease. He had possession, right. and then and he I, passed. That was a really actually nice play, right? And and I think that's you know that this is this is he knocked the stick out of Bennington's hand with, with his skate. That's and Bennington drops the stick, and he doesn't have the stick in his hand to try and make that block or save on the far post. I think if that goal gets turned over, they determine that contact with him with the stick, and the stick's knocked out of his hand, and that is maybe where I think. The goaltending interference, uh, goaltending interference comes into play, but I mean, I, I thought it was a good, a good no challenge, just because at the time, 
What was the score? We had the uh, that was the tying goal. It was three to two that made it three three, and they had a power play. Uh, that was a power play goal. Yeah, that made it three three. You're right. And uh, and and if we're so if they would have challenged, he would have gotten lost. Right. They would have gotten another power right. play. And, right. And yeah. So so I think. And I know there's no way of knowing that they scored like within thirty seconds later. I know that there's no way of knowing that. But to me. You take the risk on that one. You absolutely no. take the risk. Second period? On that one. No. I don't right. think so. And I think I think they're High looking game. at it. Mm. They're looking at it holistically, right? Second period, still more than you know, at close to half a game to go, right? And High game. goaltender interference. They probably have I I like to think that every NHL team has odds, right? And can can calculate a probability of you know what type of goaltender interference is this? Oh, he knocked the stick out of his hand. That never gets that never gets overturned, right? Because it's you know sticks come loose all the time. So we're not that that doesn't bode well for us. Second period, we don't want to give them back to back power plays and let them take over the game. I I think that they're they're playing the odds. Is it the right thing? No. I think I think it should be a much more strict enforcement of goaltender interference, whether you call a penalty or just disallow the goal. I, you know, goaltender union here, there needs to be a stricter enforcement. Goalies need to be a little more protected um, on on those kinds of plays, and it it shouldn't come down to a coach's challenge. You know, I don't like. I agree, hundred percent. But I'm sorry. That's I challenge that a hundred times out of a hundred. I wouldn't have uh, contact in the crease. He has the Are puck. You kidding me? He has the puck. I don't care. It, you can't skate through the crease. If you have the puck, you can. You have I don't think that's true it at all. True. Yeah, if you have possession, you no. can. Sure, you can. Yeah, you can't kick the goal. He didn't. It, it was. If, I'm not saying that there wasn't contact. There was contact with his stick, and the stick gets knocked out of Bennington's hand. That is obvious. And it, like I said, if it if it does get overturned, it's because they determined that the contact with the stick was not knocked out of his hands. But I mean, with with how hard it is to get a goaltender's interference call called, I mean, it's got to be so blatantly obvious. And that was blatantly uh, obvious. I don't, I don't. I mean, there was contact, but I don't. I don't think uh, they have to determine that there was contact and the contact. Uh, directly uh, contributed to that goal going in. Uh, the goalie not being able to make the save. I think it did. Mm. I think it did. Go- the goalie couldn't slide as easy when he's got a skate going up against his leg. It wasn't pad. against it. Was, he he didn't really hit his pad. He hit his he hit his stick. He did. No, he didn't. How do you? I'm looking at it. The damn play. I'm looking at it. He hit, he hits the stick. He does his skate kicks his fucking no, leg. No, it doesn't. If it does, it grazes yes, it. It's it not. Does. It's not hundred uh, percent. No. I challenge it's not, that. The, the contact time. with the pad, if, if, if there is if contact, the, the it grazes it. It's not egregious at all. Not, if the referees say it's not goal interference, I am chucking sticks on the yeah. ice. Because to me, that is that is your definition of goal Now, if you want to say that it was interference because the, the stick getting knocked out, I can, we can, that's more realistic to me. But the pad thing, that's not getting called. I'm fine with that, that's too. Not called, I, 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 I agree with you on that, too. The the stick out of the hand. I know some people said, well, Biddington's arm was outside of the crease. That doesn't matter was to me. It? He skated through the crease and knocked a stick out of his hand. That is also goalie interference. I, I don't, uh, let's, I, I'm going to look at this here. I don't think that his, 
was his hand outside the crease when the not I don't think it was either, but that's what well, some people Well, go back go back a couple of years no. to Pittsburgh, right? When there was that obvious, obvious oh. goaltender interference. Jake Allen? We challenged and we lost. Was it Jake right? Allen? I, I, yeah, I think it was. I think that was, that one was so, that was top five egregiously worst calls in NHL history with goalie interference. I don't want to use that as a measuring stick. I think this one. I don't, I don't you don't use it as a measuring stick, but that's informed Bruby's decisions. I don't see right? what you're seeing contact with the pad. I just don't. I'm looking it over and over again. He does. No. He, he does. I, it, am I wrong? Anybody in the he comments, might please, he might graze he might play. graze the pad, but he doesn't displace the pad at all. I, I, he might touch the pad. I don't. He doesn't like interfere. You can't you can't touch the goalie you, though. If he does, he's in, in his crease. I don't think at all that any contact with the pad prohibits Bennington from making that save at all. The pad contact I is, is so minor. You get no. any contact at all, and you're trying you to slide me that you across. Would, you telling me that any. It, the tiniest little contact you're going to risk a a, a, pow, a penalty against, but based on the way it wasn't that, the tiniest it, little the contact. Was he skated through the fucking crease, but he bit, but Bennington's back under the crossbar. Yeah, there's so much crease. I don't care. Barely, barely touches his bad, if at all. He makes contact with the stick. Obviously, if you want to skate along the crease on the top of it, and then you mm, touch me. his pad, no problem Are at you all. Watching the but if right you're now? fucking right. going right through Are the you crease, what's the point? In a goddamn crease. Are you watching the replay at all? I'm watching. Yeah. I've watched like 10, 15 times. I'll be, I'm, I'm trying to look for this egregious contact with the pad. I see nothing. I want to get clarification. Jeff, am I holding a goalie pad? Fuck off, Phil. <laughs> I mean, he, there, there's, there, I mean, the, the, the contact with the stick is made. Uh, Bennington's blocker comes down. Uh, might make contact with the blocker a little bit as he comes down with the blocker. The- the the baked beaker beaker. There's no there's no there's nothing. There is nothing. That's not who I meant. Uh, <laughs> the baked beaver uh says uh contact with the goalie sticker pads risk the I, challenge. I think not, I think with you, I don't uh, agree with that hundred percent. Yeah. If you were to say contact with the goalie in the crease sticker pads, risk the challenge hundred no. percent. I do that no, every time. Not not a chance in the world because uh, because they rarely it has to be so egregious to be considered goalie interference. We've seen this time and time again. Everything we think is goal interference is never called. It's not. It was egregious. It was egregious. No, it wasn't. Show me. Show to me. me, that's definition of goalie interference. Uh, oh, let's I'm gonna share a screen. We're sharing screen. No, you're not sharing screen. We don't need to go over this. Yeah, we can share the video. We have spent way too much time this on is, this. This is important. Where's the... You just think it's important because you want to be right. No, I'm just. Have I you want, ever I'll... argued with Kurt Price before? Let's let's. Oh, of course I have. <laughs> let's uh, turn off the. Uh, there we go. We'll hide the. Okay, so here we go. So we've got. Where's the controls here? Let's back it up a little bit. That's after the shot. Okay, so we got. So there's the contact with the stick right there. Knocks out of his hand. Right. Yes. Yeah. And you're telling me his skate. Look, right there. Well, look, he's kicking the outs, the inside of his pad. No, it isn't. That's his blocker. That's his blocker. No. That's his blocker. The blocker's on the outside of his foot. Look at where his foot is. You're telling me he's not making contact with the right foot of Bennington or is, the right I'm leg not of saying, Bennington. I'm is. not saying he doesn't touch the pad. I'm saying it doesn't. Prohibit how can Bennington slide across he's not even, when he's got a guy in between his fucking he's legs? He's not trying to slide across right now. 
he will be here in a second. But, to but, watch. but look, when he goes to look, now he's trying to slide across. No contact at this point. It, it, there he, was. he doesn't. He if there's contact, he just brushes against his pad. You can't. They're not going to overturn. They're not going to call that goal interference. They never. Ever, Disagree. Ever. 100%. Oh my god. I will show never. Me, you will never convince. Show me, me an incident that they would not overturn show me that goal. An over, show me a goal interference replay that's overturned based on a contact like this. It's not. It's not I don't. I. I have not done the research on it, Kirk. But tell you what, I will this fucking week. All right. Good. 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 We'll talk about it next week. God damn it. God, I just want to fucking no. punch you. Yeah, let's do it. Come on. In, not really. <laughs> over the holidays, in-person show. I love you too we'll just, much. We'll put some, I do love, those I love ass, our arguments. Those big-ass inflatable gloves, and we'll go at it. I love our arguments, but <laughs> God damn it, I want to prove you wrong so bad. You know what? And like I said, if we're talking stick, that's I can we can talk about that. But pad, no, that pad is nothing there for me. For me. For me. Disagree. Okay. You're wrong. Anyway. Bill, put your damn stick down. I, I'm I like sorry, that. boys. I like I'm that. Sorry, boys, I like playing with my stick. That's a that is a beautiful stick. Why do you have a true stick? Because you haven't played since they've been a manufacturer. Yeah, no. I this was uh, I I went to the uh, the garage sale last summer, and with the hope of buying some pads, and this was all I got. So this is a uh, um, John Gillies. This was one of his leftovers. Oh, so, nice! Yeah, Blues great of one game. Yes. No, I, I, uh, I, I've been watching a friend of the show. Um, oh God, I'm blanking on his name now. Uh, Kevin from Vancouver. Um, the uh, oh, um, oh God, Vancouver, God, God terrible. Damn you for me. putting me on the spot. Fire me. Um, but I've, he does the uh, the there's. Uh, they do YouTube videos, source for sports, uh, new goalie product uh, videos. And Kevin Woodley. Kevin Woodley. Thank you. God damn. Yes. Apologies, Kevin. I drool over every one of their product release videos. And they, they have sticks that are like featherweight at this point. And it's just, it's insane to me as, as a guy that grew up wearing you know, pads that were held together with duct tape and sticks that were held together with duct tape and soaked up all the water. Yeah. <laughs> Knock it off, Kurt. Stop playing the damn video. This is another angle. This is another angle. Oh, right. so let's, let's look let's, at this. So. We got to move on oh, okay. here. So here's one hour show. Zapruder here, this bitch. Here's the, here's this. Okay. Right there. There's no, con- I'm not even there yet. Quit jumping the gun. Closer. Keep going. That's not Keep even going. there. Keep I'm going. going, I'm going frame going. by frame. There's, right. That, that there. is not contact. But Settle no. down. Bullshit. There's no frame contact. By frame. Is. Keep, keep going. Keep going. That is contact there. That's contact Jesus there. Christ. So, <laughs> How are you not seeing that? Get some glasses. Jeff, they are not going to call a skate kissing the pad interference. A a player, a player, player, listen, a player. Bennington can make a claim that he's trying to slide there, but he can't because the puck's to his left. No, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Keep going. I'm going. I'm going. And now the puck is, now the skate is past the pad. You want to okay, call it on that? Keep fucking going. 
Oh, there's more contact with his arm. Oh, that, that's, yep. oh, yeah, right that's there. That's different. I'm tossing pad. You're all about the pad. I'm talking pad. I'm, I'm giving both. It's both. He's making contact with Bennington in the crease is my point. Right there, he's making contact with Bennington. There is not contact right there. there. There is not contact there. Yes, there his is. blocker's on the far side. The skate's in front of it. The skate is right on his blocker. You, How are you not seeing that contact? You, are you telling me that you can tell that there's not three inches of space between his blocker and the skate or it's touching? You cannot see that. You can't tell if his yes, blocker is touching the skate or not. How can you not see his blocker on top of his it's skate? It's on top. It's, in, it's behind it. It's on his long ice. Oh, my God. It's along the ice. It's not on top of his skate. God. That, this is why hockey? I don't talk to old people. That, sir. Yes. That, sir, is a magic loogie. Okay. Bill. <laughs> All right. And then there's nice. – and then and now he's trying to move, and the stick's out of his hand. Like I said, yeah. I think you got a much better case for knocking the stick right. out than you do for anything else. Either way, the, the call isn't why is it goalie interference. It's – we're calling for goalie interference. There was goalie interference. Like I said, you're, you're making the argument for the pad. I was making the argument, if anything, for the stick. I'm getting, That's, I'm getting so so uh, emotional and jumpy that my camera <laughs> went out of focus. It's, we were <laughs> spitting all over it. <laughs> uh, all right. To be continued, I guess. I don't know. Maybe not. Um, oh, I'm going to have a video for you next good. week. Bring, so, good. So all you find this, the proof. Yeah, you find the proof this, with contact with the pad because we're in the same boat with the stick. Ruby got fired for not challenging this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Which, you know, I, again, I don't, I don't have a problem not challenging this because middle of the game, tie game, you know, you risk a uh, risk a penalty against for something that's worth the risk. Well, I mean, okay. Yep. Okay. You, you, you'd have, you'd have lost that challenge. No, I wouldn't have. I would have won it. There's no question in my mind. I, I think, <laughs> With I goal think, interference, there's no question in your mind? That should never be a phrase that, you should say. There's no, always I, a question with goal interference. That's one time I'm oh going to say. Oh, my God. I've I, seen so many I more think, obvious goal interferences than this one. This is, like, tame compared to, like, 98% of them. They might as well get rid of the damn crease then. Why have a crease if guys are just allowed to skate through it and run into the goalie? Run in. He, it was, oh, my gosh. He, he made contact with them. You're going to say the he stick. didn't make contact the with stick. Goalie? And I'm on board with, hey, if you want to say stick, okay, if you want to say stick, fine. I'm, I'm, you're just want to argue semantics at this point. <laughs> I don't, sorry, that's a movie. Quote. I know, but <laughs> I know, but I still wouldn't challenge though, because it was, it was, I, it, it's, it's a, it's a crapshoot and you risk a, you risk going down in the game. You're at home. Your penalty kill is horrible at home. I, I, I wouldn't do it. Look, this this team's video challenge has been really, really effective this year. I'm taking whatever advice they're giving me, and I'm betting the advice they gave is don't challenge this one. Well, obviously, I mean they didn't. They didn't. So, I mean, yeah. So, the big beaver is with me in the chat. I am all yes. Challenge, hundred percent. Do it. <laughs> Yeah, we yeah move sitting on. from his living room where Do he, he doesn't get fired over the over the bad challenge that that would have been. Uh, oh well, he got fired, so maybe he should have done the challenge. You know what? Uh, hindsight being twenty twenty, why not uh, do all kinds of things differently? You know, so, why not? what so do you have to lose? He should have challenged so, every goal. Let me, let me ask you this: on the subject of hindsight, is twenty twenty is the is the perfect decision 
in Blues history to have relieved Craig Berube of his duty and made Jim Montgomery head coach two seasons ago. Uh, you, I, I mean, I mean, you can't I, fire Berube two seasons ago. I mean, shoot, can, can you not? Can uh, you you're coming no. uh, two seasons ago. You're coming off a really good season, right? That was well, yeah. It it was the year that we could have beaten Colorado had it not been for the Nazem Kadri bullshit. Right. Right. And, you know, Bruby said as much in, you know, in the, uh, the, the presser today, we could have won that series. Yeah. If it weren't yeah. and the way he phrased it was, if, if it weren't for the injuries. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> that, to, to all of us blues fans, that's that we know what he means. We're with you, Doug. Yeah. That, but that was, um, but if you're looking at things in hindsight, that's the perfect decision, right? That is the right time to make that call because look what Jim Montgomery is doing. 100% in hindsight. Right? That's that's the key word because this, uh, there to me, if you would have said, if the Blues would have done that, if they would have fired Baruby and then uh, gone with Montgomery, I would have had a fucking pitchfork in hand going to Enterprise Center. Like, I, as yeah. much as I loved Montgomery and I even said at the time, I know he's going to get another head coaching job because he's a great coach. You don't fire Baruby two years ago. Absolutely uh, it's, not. It's a bad timing situation. I mean, if Montgomery was was here last season, you know, as an assistant right. coach, that's a different story. Yeah. But, yeah. I would consider it after last Unfortunate season. Unfortunate timing with him being here then. Right. But I, I think we can all agree that would have been the perfect decision with hindsight, right? And that's, if that's what you know what? humans Here's don't where- get. Here's where Doug Armstrong went wrong. He didn't get a fucking time machine. If he would have gotten a time machine, he would have known. Stick with my. Well, he needs to uh, challenge. Uh, oh God, don't. He needs to challenge the uh, the the. Go back two years and challenge. Kids? Go back and challenge. Do you just see your kids? Huh? What? Do you like try to recall stuff your kids said and then come back at them like a year later? Because I feel like that's what you All do all the time. All the time. Yeah, I know. I have a. You're like my older brother. I have a, I have a very good memory, <laughs> as far as <laughs> things that uh, irk me, and I like. I'm saving this for later. I'm gonna bring this back ten years from now. I I, I have a very selective we'll be, memory that we'll be in season twenty three, and Kurt's gonna be like, "Oh, Jeff, do you challenge this?" <laughs> it, there's certain hurt. moments in my life that I don't forget. Hey, you know, take my metamucil. There's the there's the Irishman double overtime goal that I will never ever forget. How I felt, where I was, exactly what I was feeling at that time, ever for the rest of my life. Um, blues cup moments, you know, I the certain things stick with me, and then this whole uh you, you challenge know, that argument we had. Sorry, yeah. this is this is totally off the beaten path here, which that's what we do on the show. You know, what I've realized is one of those moments for me, and it's a weird one to say, but I know you guys are going to agree. Uh, let's see, that would have been 2018 when they uh, the offsides ruling against Colorado in the final game. That uh, we they said that it was not offsides, oh, uh, and you could see white between the blue line and the puck. Uh, Do you remember that? Um, I thought that was let- it was, was a that- final game against the Avalanche, and that's what was the game winning goal. And the Blues ended up not making the playoffs because they lost that game. God, I am drawing a blank on. Do that you really play. not remember that? No, I don't. I sh- wow. I feel like I should. Okay, I remember Latera's offside incident. Oh, go, seriously, I, I know this is going to sound crazy. Go back to our season recap show 
in 2017. <laughs> oh my god, dude! We all three of us ranted like idiots for like an hour about that. So yeah, you you will remember it when you. Man, I want to find. There's a picture that shows it. Yeah. All right, well, this is gonna take me a minute. You look it up. Move on. Oh, we'll move on. Um. Let's see. Uh, Armstrong said there was no relief on Brube's part when he was told he was fired because some people speculated that maybe uh, Brube was kind of he threw his hands up and said, I'm done. Uh, that was why he was relieved of his duties. People are questioning the wording the Blues released, you know, relieved of his duties and not fired, which I don't think a team is going to tweet out something that says uh, Blues have fired, you know, head coach uh, Craig Brube. Not, so, not, um, not the one guy that's won you a Stanley Cup. No, no, you, you want to, yeah. Relieved of his duties is the, is the friendly way to say he's been fired. Um, right. Sorry, Craig, this team was shit. We're relieving you. And he was also asked, is this a playoff roster? <clears throat> and uh, he says, I think we fit in there, but he was very wishy-washy on that answer. He said those teams should be competing with many more teams aside from maybe the top three or four teams in the NHL, which is again, different than his middle third stands prior to the season. Yeah, weird. But, things change. No, but but I think the teams play right. That that at one point we were a ninety-four point team, and now we're an eighty-five point team, right? Yeah. And, well, and that's, yeah. That's what's changed. Well, four games performance. Right? Yeah. So, but if but, the Blues had if the Blues had split these last four games, I'm going two and two. Um, obviously, Burby's probably not fired. So it really comes down to the last three games, four games. Which is interesting. Oh, where are we going? Oh, okay, what are we doing here? Let's get the red overlay. Do you remember that? Uh, so that so that avalanche player is in the offensive zone, and you can clearly see there's a little white there between his stick where the puck is, and well, actually, that is the puck. And yeah, that was ruled not offside. So there is a player in the zone at this point. Yeah, he well, he's in the zone. That guy with the puck, that is in the offensive zone. So they're going right to left. Yeah. Uh, it looks like he's going left to right. Okay. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah, his positioning's weird. But, yeah, that that was the ruling at the time. So the puck, I mean, so the, so you're saying you're seeing puck, the white between the puck and the, and the blue line. So the puck's in yeah, the zone. There's a little tiny bit of white there. So the puck's in the zone. Let's see if I can enhance here. Hang on. Are you sure it's not left to right? Yeah, because the puck, because if if there's a positive. if there's a okay, well the puck's inside the zone though. If it yeah right. okay. No wait, I'm sorry. You're right. Yeah, I'm saying this completely incorrectly. Yeah, so he was it was a keep in at the point. Yes, okay, gotcha. and. So they're saying it did not leave the blue right. line. There was not enough yes. white to show that it left the blue line. I'm sorry. That was you know, you know the problem with this uh with the blue line here is that it's not a sharp line. It it that's what they're yeah, with the ice on top of the line, it like almost like has a tiny bit of gradient uh where it fades a little bit and there's that 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 half an inch or whatever it is, it's like it just looks like it's it's not a sharp line like like it is on the on the boards in the background there. Uh, it doesn't look that way. And I, yeah, I mean, that's, that sucks. I remember seeing it live and literally, cause you guys probably do the same thing where you'll see a play live and it's like, Oh, that's offside. 
go ahead and score other team because it's going to be called <laughs> right. back. Yeah. Like that was how I was with this play. We're being like, Oh, there's no way he kept that in. Were we all on board with the, it was offside. Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm just trying to, yeah, I, I want to see like a video of it and slow down and like frame by frame, but yeah, this, we, we all, I mean, ref, we all lost our minds over that one. Yeah. Yeah. I, that, I mean, I completely forgot about that. I don't. Uh, it's coming back to me a little bit, but that's that's crazy. I yeah, I, I I remember like it was yesterday. I lost okay. my fucking mind. <laughs> um, Doug Armstrong said uh, he's not happy with Kyrie's game as far as production goes. Uh, big shocker there. Um, he is happy with Thomas's game, uh, but as far as the playoff roster goes, are, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I, actually, he's a I thought being, Thomas was. Guy. I thought Thomas was a little rough last night, but. I mean, the dude's been great all year. And and I'll say, we said this, I think, two weeks ago, Kairou was back on his line last night. And we said, when you took Kairou off Thomas's line, all of a sudden, Thomas looked like a superstar. And again, I hate to dog Kairou, but Thomas had another, to me at least, did not look like himself last night. And Kairou was on his right wing. So to me, and I know that that we've, we've all kind of said this already, Kairu, I'm fine with continuing to play him because I think he's working out a lot of the other edges of his game, but you got to stop giving him top six minutes. I say drop him on that fourth line, see what he can do there. Uh, the Baked Beaver says, uh, we don't have a contending team. I guess, I mean, I would agree with you. Let's put that overlay back up. I would agree with you um, if you're talking about contending for a cup, uh, contending for the playoffs. I think we do have a playoff contending team. Uh, you know, on because they've shown they can play a certain way. It's just they have consistency problems. Um, you know, I, I a team like the Blues, you know, they could go either way. You know, it's just kind of they they could be a contending team for the playoffs. Um, it's just a matter of them playing consistently enough to get a wild card spot or a, or a third place. Probably a more wild card spot now at this point, but. I mean, I don't know. Do you, are we a contending team for the playoffs? I mean, obviously not the cup. You wouldn't mention the Blues as a cup contender this year, obviously. But I, is this team I a thought, playoff contending team? I, I think we all said in the um, uh, uh, preseason predictions, or whatever you want to call it, show, um, I think we all said that we wouldn't be surprised to see them make the playoffs. We just all kind of said, they're going to be in it until the end and then not make it. And I still think that even with a co- even if they went and got the greatest damn coach in the world, Mike Keenan, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I don't know who the best coach available is right now. Maybe Boost Boudreaux, who's Quinville's been a very the best good coach available. What's that? Quinville is the best coach available. Uh, well, to me, <laughs> fuck him. He better not even be considered. You know but what? Me, I guess I he guess probably, probably is the best for- coach available, but you just don't want him. For regular season success, probably Bruce Boudreaux is up there too. So you got to wonder, maybe he's in the mix. <laughs> Mr. Game me, 7. <laughs> yeah, right. I can't win a game uh, yeah, I don't want him because that means no playoff success as long as I don't, he's a coach. I want nothing to do with Boudreaux. Nothing to do I don't with either. Him. But I'm just saying, I, I think even if you went and got Bruce Boudreaux, I could still see this team being exactly where I thought they were with Barubi, and that's right on the outside of the playoff picture. I think I'm with Justin Scott. <clears throat> it's, I mean, they're capable. This is, they are capable of being a playoff team this season. That's like, that's a good way to put it. They just need to, they need to 
be more consistent, which, you know, I mean, teams that aren't very good have consistency problems. So that also weighs into it. You know, I just can't well, say let's be more consistent because bad teams are not consistently good. So, and I hate, I hate to use the old cliche, but it's, it's very true. Uh, Bill, you know, better than anyone watching the Canadians a couple of years ago, you just have the, you just get in and anything can happen. I mean, we went in with, with Huso a couple of years ago, Huso kind of faltered, and then Bennington just went on a goddamn heater until Kadri uh, showed his true colors. Um, but, yeah, you really do. Like, if you just get in, and I think this team, to me, there's no way they win a Stanley Cup with this roster. But you get in the playoffs, you never know. You at least make you, it exciting. Make you, mean, maybe you make the second round. You never know. The way you the way you have to approach it as a uh, fan of a team that's in the playoffs, as a six, seven, eight seed, whatever. It's like you know, you you just you root for your team one game at a time and hope they win that game, and then then what about the next one when it comes to it? Don't be thinking, you know, can we win the cup this year? You just win one game at a time and see how far you get. You know, and sometimes, you know, lower seeds go on runs. It, it's not that unusual. So, I and I'm not I'm not trying to say the Blues are going to be that team. I'm just, you know, like you said, Jeff, you get in the playoffs and you just see how it goes. Um, <laughs> uh, Justin Scott is like uh, picking my brain. Uh, I'm so damn tired of St. Louis fans hating on Pareko and Armstrong. I think, you know, there's a lot of Pareko, like, okay, so with the announcement of the Bay firing, uh, social media, uh, Blues fans kind of went off on the reasons why uh, he was fired or why they think he was fired. And, you know, people are using reasons from last year. Like the def- they, like you know, the defense is god awful. Krug's terrible. Pareko's awful, and people were laughing at the fact that people were calling like uh, uh, I think it was Korak wrote an article about uh, Pareko being a number one defenseman again, and people were like, ah, "What? Whatever. What? Are you, what games are you watching?" And I'm like, talking about this season, you know, where Krug has been noticeably better. He still has hiccups. He had one against Detroit where he missed that centering pass, missed something behind him. Uh, it was on that was a uh, 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 Fabry's goal. And, uh, you know, but uh, Pareko has been good this year. Really good. I mean, not perfect every game, but he's been really good. Um, so I, I think people are kind of complaining. They're thinking about the team from last season. And they're just blindly assigning blame to looking for scapegoats. And, oh, you know, Pareko is the guy that was underachieving last season. You know, I'm sure he's still that same guy. And because he's a higher paid defenseman, supposed to be. Yeah, they'll always pick on him for not being the rough, the big, tough, you know, burly defenseman. I like Pareko's that we literally just had back-to-back comments. Uh, the <laughs> baked beaver, Pareko has been great. Justin Scott, Pareko has been great. <laughs> Thank you. He has. He's been great. Yeah, he, and I don't, how, how people don't see that? I don't. I mean, something. There are a lot of people complaining about Pareko this season. I mean, they're not. They don't know what right. to look for in these games. <laughs> Earlier, earlier, much earlier in the chat, um, trying to find it, uh, Heavey, um, I think it was. Heavey 44. Uh, why doesn't 55 check people, right? <laughs> he doesn't. He That's not him. We've come to accept that. He Pareko is an effective defenseman. And what I said earlier tonight, I, I will stand by my worry for him now is fatigue. Yeah, we'll he's see. he is he is getting played a hell of a lot, and he looked tired last night. 
he did. Yeah, we'll, he did. We'll see how we'll see how that I thought goes. I thought Krug did too. I thought Krug just I mean you know well it, the the uh was it the game winning goal? Um the pass across the crease and he was covering the guy and clearly not covering him well enough. That was Krug from last oh, year. Oh, he missed him. Fabry. 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 Yeah. He never he never but picked up Fabry behind him. He, yeah. yeah, he just he was way behind on trying to pick and up. And he missed pass. the he, he missed the centering pass. Centering pass went right through Krug. Yeah. yeah I agree. But it was Did you see you people bl- blaming Bennington for that? I just you know what? <laughs> Sorry. Bill, go ahead. We don't need to get into that. That was off the post and in too. I mean, right. you know, what are you gonna do? It was that you don't he can't blame Bennington for that. I, no. I thought I thought it was a super smart pass by Raymond, right? He he caught the blues not expecting a pass and he got it through Krug. If somebody's gonna stop it, it's not Bennington, it's Krug. It got through Fabry, you know, put it off the post and in. Nothing Bennington could do there. So don't don't go there. Um it it was it was just, you know, a, a, a better play. And, you know, maybe maybe it was a sign of fatigue from from Krug. Or yeah, I, or it was I just thought. a situation where Detroit is a high octane offensive team. And they move the puck well. They're quick, you know, and you know they, the Blues may have looked slower, tired against them because of the way Detroit plays too. So that well, and it. it's it's a good point. But I I just think, and, and again, because I'm not trying to dog Krug, I I think that's a play Krug makes this season. Last season he doesn't make that play. This season I think that's a easy tie up the stick, pass goes across the crease, no harm done. Uh, I just think Krug last night there was a couple. There was a couple situations where I'm like, he does not look like Tory Crew we've seen this season. And Justin Falk was on the ice for that too. I think he had a chance to intercept yeah. that pass. And I think Falk has looked I think he's looked tired the last two seasons, personally. I thought since about November of last year, he has not looked like the same guy. I think he's getting overworked. I, you know, and I, I, Let's be honest. I mean, no one's going to play a perfect season. I mean, there's going to be plays or games where players are off. You know, it's it's the general play throughout the season that you should be concerned about. You know, I mean, every defenseman's going to, oh, I missed the puck. Oh, missed an assignment. Puck's in the net. That happens what, to everybody. Westerners? It happens to everybody. I mean, uh, from time to time. Yeah, no one's perfect. No one plays a perfect season. Um, so yeah, the, the general play, as long as, you know, we're, we're, we're seeing consistency. Who was uh, it otherwise. here? Uh, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Justin Scott, um, he says, look how fast that giant skates, man. Talking about, um, Colt Pareko. He yep. carries the puck through the neutral zone with swiftness. That, that to me was the part of the game that we were really missing that transition game from Colton Pareko. And 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 the ability to get back and make sure that you're not getting caught, I think that has been the biggest revelation from Pareko's game is the fact that he's leading the offense. He's even getting in below the goal line, and then but he's still not getting caught. He's not taking those chances that he knows he shouldn't take. He he'll go behind the goal line when he knows, unless there's just a horrible play by one of the forwards that he's not going to get caught. He'll have time to get back to the blue line. And in last year, I felt like he tried to like demand too much of the play. And it was just, Oh, I got to lead the offense. I'm the guy, I'm the dude. And you know, now it's like, I feel like he's only taking those chances when he knows he's going to be safe 
to get back and then be able to make a good defensive play if the play goes the other way. Uh, Armstrong also said uh, during the press conference that St. Louis fans are smart. You know, he goes, they know when they're, and, and I thought when he said that, I'm like, well, he obviously doesn't read social media because <laughs> there's a lot of well, stupid things being said there is, on social there's media. There's a famous quote. I think it was actually in a, might've been in a movie. Um, the person is smart. People together are stupid. <laughs> and I think that and, plays well with this quote here. And I, and I think that generally speaking, St. Louis blues fans are very good, <laughs> very good hockey fans. Um, a really good hockey town, but you know, you get people on social media and they say stupid things. Uh, and sometimes it's the vocal minority. Generally it is. Um, but yeah, there was today in particular, there were a lot of dumb things being said, <laughs> yeah. which we've covered some of them. Yep. Uh, Armstrong also said nobody in the organization is safe. Um, which I find that interesting. Um, as far as players, you know, and coaches, uh, well, some of them are because they have no trade clauses. Right. That's true. That's true. Um, he said Krug is one of the most competitive guys in the roster. Uh, Pareko is playing at a more elite caliber now than last year. And he goes, our variance on a nightly basis is what's concerning. Uh, and he's not against buying players out, which I find that is interesting. Bullshit. Yeah. Bullshit. I'm sorry. You had the perfect opportunity to buy out. And and hey, Scandella. I feel like I feel like Marco Scandella has played very well since him and Perunovic have been paired together. So I I don't I'm I'm not gonna act like that's not going on right now. But you had a perfect opportunity to buy out Marco Scandella. There is gonna be no other better opportunity in your career, Doug Armstrong, to buy out a player that you needed to buy out and you didn't do it. Right. So one year left. Me, it wasn't a ton of money. Yeah, one year left wasn't a ton of money. I can see, you know, some people are saying buy out Krug. He's not or buy out Preco. He's not going to buy out six years of a contract, no, or whatever. He's not going to do that's and paying a player for twelve years, <laughs> two thirds of yeah. the remaining contract. No, that's not going to happen ever, ever, ever. We're one not going to Bobby Bonilla somebody. No, Bobby <laughs> Bonilla or uh, Di Pietro, right? Yeah, Di Pietro. Di Pietro is like still getting money. Um, and he's been out of league for 10 years, whatever, mm -hmm. longer than that. Jesus. Um, so yeah, I mean, so in the end, uh, Brube is no longer here. And I think a lot of people are upset about it. Um, I'm upset. I, I'm, I really think I, I had to, I really, think he got like, hosed. I think he got screwed. As, as dumb as it sounds, I had to spend the morning kind of soul searching on what I really felt about this. Um, because last like last night it was a shock, and I was just like, "What the fuck?" And like I read all this stuff on Twitter, and then I was like, "Man, I can't go to sleep. I'm gonna play a video game for like an hour to get my mind off it." That's exactly what I did. I used to um, do that when the Blues would play a, like a bad game. I used to just pop on NHL whatever and just play a few games and just feel mm -hmm. better about myself. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's exactly oh. what I did. I went on and played a little online NHL 23 and probably made now myself is the time, feel better and fell asleep. Now's the time but, to probably for me to buy like a PS five or something and just oh, invest in NHL 23 and just hundred percent. Yeah. No, but yeah. so I, and then I woke up this morning and I, I got my kid on the bus and I usually have about 45 minutes to an hour before I really have to start work. And I literally just sat on the couch and I thought, like, how do you really feel about this? And um, I'm, I'm upset. 
because I I like Baruby, and it's not. I know a lot of people say you're just feeling that because of the Stanley Cup win. Yeah, that's part of it, I'm sure. But <laughs> I actually think, yeah, I mean, I that's a big deal. Think that he's a good coach, though. Like, it's not just like you know, when it Joel Quinville was let go. I loved Joel Quinville, but I was like, oh man, well. I, I think it's kind of warranted. Like at this point, this team is not performing the way they should. It's not. They need to get somebody else in. This is this. I didn't feel that this time. It's I not just like, the cup win. It's it's the 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 next year they won the president. They, they had the best record in the in the league. Uh, the uh, year after that was the and Armstrong talked about this. Year after that was the COVID year, which he throws away. And the year after that, they had 110 points. He goes. It's not just the cup year. He's had really good years here. And he's, I mean, he, he did well. I mean, it just it just sucks that we kind of got screwed here with this, uh, the well, construction and, and of the I, roster. Again, like I said earlier, I do agree that this is on Armstrong. Like, and I know he said that he took some responsibility for it, as you should. I don't yeah. think this is a very good mm-hmm. roster. Again, this is, this is a roster that could compete for a playoff spot. But, and again, like going back to what I said when the show started, 12, 13, and one, and they fire their coach. If you would have told me that back in October, I've been like, you're fucking insane. Are that, you? That's exceeding expectations. Are you on the, there's a large faction of social media blues fans that would rather have seen Armstrong fired or, you know, or instead of Berube. Are you on that train as far as the change being made to fire Armstrong instead like still should have fired Armstrong I'm not mm. I, I don't I, be, I only because I want Armstrong to see this through I want him to you know whatever his plan is uh, going forward I want him to see give him a few years to see this through and see where we are I don't think bringing a new GM with the roster construction the way it is all these no trade clauses and whatever it is I don't think that's fair to him I think you let Armstrong deal with this and try and get out of it uh, and see where we are in a few years. My only issue with that thought process is Armstrong has never really, as a GM, he's been through a lot. He's never really been through a rebuild and a retool. When he left Dallas, he left the cupboard fucking dry. There was nothing for Dallas for a couple years after he left. It's not a a retool anymore. Did you hear what he said? It's a refocus. Oh God! <laughs> it's a refocus. I didn't pick up on that. Oh, yeah, God. no, yeah. I, I I heard that. So, so I think I think that um, that Armstrong. I and I did see it. Like even even the the St. Louis subreddit had a thread, you know, about Armstrong, and you know there were some people on there that had to be had to have explained to them what 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 was going on what the discussion was about but uh yeah it, it to me i i think armstrong is safe as long as tom stillman's the owner i think we, we might not see another gm as long as tom stillman is the majority owner of this team i think he's just got that much comfort with armstrong and, and armstrong's a competent competent manager in the nhl um i think know, he's one they, of the best actually yeah, he, he just, just he, he he's a uh, he did this to himself though with this roster. Right, he's so. he's made he he's tied his hands, but he's willing to work through it. Right, and I think that's that to me that's what today showed us. 
um, the the presser today. He has the fire um, and and the the desire to make this to get this team back to uh, to a better caliber than they're showing. Um, and uh, I I. I was not surprised that I heard some boos when the game was over last night, but to me, sure. you know, it, it's always, you know, you can't fire every player. So the coach is going to go, you're not going to make a GM move mid season, especially if it's Tom Stillman deciding to get rid of the only GM he's ever known. I think, got- I, I think he relies on Armstrong for all of the hockey decisions and Armstrong would have to be like, you need to fire me, bud, before yeah. he get fired. I, uh, I got tickets on Saturday, so that should be interesting to see what the atmosphere is like. Who's Just on Saturday? Uh, Dallas. Ooh, mm, that's, yeah. that'll uh, be interesting. Justin Scott says Armstrong has done so many good things. Uh, so much good things. He fleeced many trades, brought up a brought a cup with Brubay, and has made great decisions. He has made poor decisions also, but I can't give up on this organization. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I don't. Uh, I think a lot of the, you know, it's recency bias. I think a lot of the a lot of uh, upset fans with Armstrong in the past couple of years and the contracts and how he's handcuffed himself with the defense. Uh, if he wanted to move on from part of it, and he can't. Uh, but I think people generally forget about all the good years and the good moves he's made. You know, no GM's perfect. Every GM's going to make some, some bad moves. And, and, uh, but I think I'm generally very happy with Armstrong. Uh, not say, so much with, I'm, not I'm, so much I'm with the, uh, no, I'm not so much with the, you know, the situation we're in now, obviously, but, um, I am very curious. I almost him getting fired is almost like, unfinished business if you were to get fired. I know I want to see you fix this. I want to see how you work from what we have now to refocus, retool, whatever you, however you want to call it, uh, moving forward. Because there's some really good pieces on this team and some really good pieces coming up. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm anxious to see where we are in a few years, you know, uh, when, you know, with this team and whoever we get to coach this team and where we go from there. So I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a patient guy with this stuff. The cup victory has made me a lot more patient of a fan than, uh, I might've been, you know, uh, six years ago, seven years ago. So, uh, I think that that helps this situation for me personally. I don't, I'm in no hurry to move on from this. I'm like, okay, I'll wait this out. Let's see where this goes. I'm uh, I'm with the baked beaver here. He says this was the most questionable decision, specifically midseason. That's mm-hmm. where I feel again. Like I said, the the thing I said earlier about the uh, hiring assistant coaches over the summer. Uh, if you're going to make a change, do it now. Um, I said that about Mike Yo back in the day. By the way, I was I was like, you know, you're going to make a coaching change. Just do it now. And it took him months. But I will say that um, I I. For those that have listened to the show for a long time, I was on the fire Armstrong bandwagon until he won the cup in 2019. Um, and I was, I, I was not. I am starting to <laughs> slowly was. get there again. For uh, Again, I'm not saying I want him fired, but I do think, as you asked the question earlier, and I, I've been thinking about it since, I do think if it came down to Barubi or Armstrong, I think I'd be more comfortable with another GM in there just because 
Um, again, Armstrong's it, never really been through a rebuild, a retool, a refocus, okay. or redesign, or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Uh, so you I feel, don't. Sorry, you don't think that having a new GM, he'd want his own coach in there. He'd fire Brube. Well, and that well, exactly, and that's that was I was going to get there. Yeah, the okay. fact that when you get a new GM, typically they are looking for a reason to fire the coach because they want to get their guy in there. Um, and I and and you can make the case Armstrong did that uh, with uh, getting Ken Hitchcock as soon as he was available. So um, you know, I I think that does happen. So really, when you say, would you rather it be Armstrong or Hitchcock? I think I would have been more comfortable if it would have been Armstrong and a Hitchcock. Um, uh, Baruby. Hmm. I think I would have been more comfortable if it would have been Armstrong and Baruby, um, hmm. making a whole regime change. But this is the cards were dealt, and uh, it is Arms. It's it's one hundred percent on Armstrong now. If he goes and hires another coach, you- and then goes to Stillman and says, uh, you know, three months, six months, a year later, we got to fire this guy. I know Stillman loves Armstrong. At that point, he's got to say, dude, no, you can't fire another head coach. I think uh, I just, I'll go back to what I said. I, th- I think bringing in uh, another GM right now, you're basically putting him behind the eight ball with the way this roster is constructed. I'm not sure what you'd expect him to do with it right now in the short term. There's not much he could do like, uh, defensively anyway. Um Right. If if so, you bring in a new GM, that signals rebuild, rebuild. full rebuild. Right? Yeah, everybody's gone. Well, that wants to go. I mean, you could say we're doing a full rebuild. Right. Waive your no trade clause if you want out. We'll move you out. That might right. be a way to get them to, to waive the no trade yeah. clauses. Not now. Not I mean, mm-hmm. I there right now. I don't want Preco to be traded. I like Preco the way he's playing. I'm, you know, I, I think he's he's six million a year. I think that's a bargain for him if he continues to play this way for the next handful of years. That's good, good deal. Which we thought at the time when he signed it. Hey, that could be a good deal, you know. And it is now if he continues to play this way. So I don't know. It's 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 interesting. At the end um, of the day, um, I don't know. I, we should probably wrap up the yes. Ruby talk. We are long into this show, and we have a couple other things we want to let's just say touch on, guys. Um, I, I think we all are in agreement. We're sad to see him go. He's going to live over my shoulder forever, uh, kissing the cup there. Um, I just love Craig Ruby. Somebody said on Twitter, Craig Ruby will always be a hero in this town. Whenever he stops in, he should never pay for a drink again. I think we're all in agreement with that. Um, sad to see him go, but at the same time, keep <clears throat> chugging along, Blues. Let's see what Drew Bannister can do and see if there's another coaching change yeah. made mid-season. Ruby is going to be picked up pretty soon by somebody. It won't take very long. No, I, I you know, I it's an interesting thing to think about. I mean, because uh, he's under contract for another season after this. So this year I, and next year, yeah. Yeah, and so it's like, for me, like, I don't know, and maybe this is just my lazy side coming out. Like, I take that whole time and just say, fuck it. Like <laughs> I'm getting paid. I'm going to sit home and watch hockey. I'm going to learn about all the teams. And if, when this contract's up, I'll sign a new one. But I know a lot of coaches like to get right back into it. I believe if, if he were to go coach somewhere else, the they would, have permission. 
Yeah, right. Which they would. I'm sure they would. Oh, but they then would. that team. But then he wouldn't be getting paid by the Blues right. anymore. They would. Right. The his, new team would take on contract that contract. Terminates. Right. Yep. So that's so the Blues would love it. I was gonna say I think Stillman well, would be all about that. Yeah, I mean you're paying somebody to do nothing. That's why they probably said relieved of your coaching duty is not fired too. He's still employed by the team. He's just not doing anything. <laughs> um, so I wonder if they could just be like, hey, since you're under payroll, uh, you got to scout for us now. <laughs> or be an assistant coach to somebody. Yeah, right. Uh, that 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 wouldn't work out. That'd be bad. Um, yeah, but I, you know, people are speculating Ottawa, but we'll see. We'll see. That was uh, my pick for. Uh, well, actually, I my pick was Mike Sullivan of Pittsburgh. I thought he was going to be the first coach fired. Then I thought DJ Smith. So we'll see. Maybe he gets picked up by one of those teams. Uh, the Blues traded Robert Bertuzzo, which I said seems like forever ago now, uh, to the yeah. Islanders for a seventh-round pick. Um, it's funny that we, you know, uh, waived Verona, and he could waivers. Uh, apparently tried to trade him. Uh, didn't Nothing materialized there. Uh, but we could trade Bertuzzo, but not Verona. Isn't that weird? I yeah. guess I guess a team, I guess depth <clears throat> of defense is always nice to have. Um, yeah, and the Islanders have some injury problems right now. So yeah. I think they just, they needed someone, and, you know he's going to be motivated to play, even though he doesn't have his fucking beard and hair anymore, which is odd That's as hell. So weird to see him yeah. that way. Yeah. Ugh. Don't like it. Few players in Blues history, to me, left it all on the ice like Bertuzzo did. You always knew what you were going to get from him. He yep. wasn't going to be great. He was going to be a steady shot blocker, good penalty kill guy. You know, a third pairing defenseman, uh, big guy, not afraid to drop the gloves, stick up for his teammates. Not a great player. But just a, a stereotypical third line defenseman who just played the same every game. But go back to the go back to the cup run. Yeah. He had a couple of goals in those playoffs. Man, that, oh, that, that yeah, he did. Cut super to the middle. timely. Woo! Cut to the middle. Was that San Jose? Right. Cut to the middle. Yes, uh, backhander, yep. upper blocker. Beauty. Oh, absolute beauty. Sick. That was one of the best goals the Blues scored in that playoffs. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. prettiest. Man. Oh yeah. That was sweet. Dude, sometimes it's the guys that you don't expect that'll score. Uh, Marik Malik, like right? Scandella last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I actually, I, I did conjure Marik Malik uh, earlier tonight when I was watching the <laughs> the uh, Habs Penguins go to twelve rounds of the shootout. Like, yep. oh, you know what's great is the thawing of Marik Malik. The uh, the broadcasters when he scored that goal, they just cracked up laughing. Was it like yep. fourteen shooters deep or something at the time? It was, oh, it was he crazy. was the last shooter. Yeah, it was crazy, crazy long. Yep. <laughs> he yep. scored that goal, and they were just cracked up. Well, anyway, um, so Rob Bertuzzo, uh, good for him. He wasn't playing here. I think it was a good trade just to get anything for him. Yeah. Um, you know, and and then also the the un the thing that that we're not talking about is the fact that the Blues had eight defensemen on this roster. Two guys not dressed every night for the most part. Um, that's typically not how NHL teams like to operate. They like to have two forwards available to make more forward changes and have one defenseman that could swing in and out. So the Blues didn't want to expose Tucker and Perunovic to waivers, nor did they want to expose expose Bortuzzo. So I, I, I don't think Tucker's getting right... picked up, though. You think Tucker's getting picked up on waivers? I don't think Tucker's I getting do. picked up on waivers. I do. You do? I don't think I so. think there's a possibility. I think yeah. a team yeah. might be interested in giving no him a No big loss. I agree. Honest. 
No, I, I agree. I, I agree, but I, I think somebody he's he's young, big, and um, yeah. You know, given the choice of Bertuzzo or Tucker, season for the Blues. Yeah, yeah given right. the choice of Bertuzzo or Tucker, I'll keep Tucker. He's yeah. Younger. So, so it's, he's it, younger. It, yeah. it looks like it looks like it came down to uh, Bertuzzo for a spot for McEachern <laughs> in, in the lineup. Right. Well, yeah, but it, it's the a, it's a spot for a forward. And I think it that is. was the right thing to do because you want to have you want to be able to make mix and match your forward lines a little bit more than the defense because there's more of them. So I like this move. Uh, you know, sad to see Bortz go, but uh, yeah. good for him getting a chance. He's going to go to the playoffs this year with the Islanders, I think. And, uh, you know, he might not play, but might get a spot start here or there. But, uh, you know, another how weird is that? Two of our Stanley Cup heroes have left this week from the St. Louis Blues. Uh, And we talked about Verona being on waivers, uh, which they announced going on waivers and it didn't happen. Speculation there might be a trade in the works. Uh, That didn't happen. So he's put on waivers again and he actually cleared. So, yeah, and... (laughs) People, you know, were like, oh, shouldn't have waived him. And then, you know, but then no team wanted him. So people are like, wow, nobody wanted him for free. So, you know, obviously he's not as good as uh, some of you folks are saying. Well, it always bugs me when people say that you could have had him for free. When it's not really free, he's taking up a roster spot. You have to you have to send somebody down off your roster or, or take a roster spot from somebody within your organization that currently has a spot. And you have to pay him and fit him under your cap. It's not free. I mean, so it, you have me, to make moves add, to accommodate do you, I don't know if you guys know. I, I think I understand, but I don't. So Detroit kept half his salary, right? So yeah. when he goes through waivers, if another team were to pick him up, are they only picking up the salary that the Blues are paying? Or are they picking up the whole salary? Pretty sure that the that they, that Detroit's still paying half the salary wherever he's at. Mm-hmm. I think so too. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. That's the way I understand it. So, yep. So, no, and I get that because, like you said, I mean, it's a flat cap. Everyone's up against the cap. At least it's competing that would consider picking him up. It's just not maybe. I thought the only team that I thought might give him a shot is Chicago. Put him on the line with Bedard, see what he can do. But clearly they're not even interested. Uh, At least not to the point where they wanted to, you know, Give an asset, give an asset, or or give up an asset. Send somebody down, put somebody right. through waivers themselves. Whatever, you know, they don't want to put their players at risk or or whatever, or fit them under the cap, whatever issues they might have internally with with acquiring Verona. Um, so, and plus, you know, there is an issue with his, you know, dedication uh, too. So that's also something teams might not want to take on if they don't have to, or you know, whatever. Yep. Uh, next up for the Blues, uh, uh, Thursday versus Ottawa, Saturday versus Dallas. Jeff, you said you're going to that game. And then Tuesday um, at Tampa Bay. Tarasenko's return on Thursday. Yeah, so that should be interesting. I'm sure uh, Bally Sports Midwest will make sure to not show that tribute video. <laughs> Didn't he get his so, tribute last year? No, he did not. Did he not play in that game? I, he, I, he thought he did. Maybe he with the did. Rangers, he did, he, did. he wouldn't give media interviews. When he That's did. right. That's what he it did was. play. He did yeah, play. He did play. That's but he right. Wouldn't. Yeah. You know what? I love Tarasenko's time here, but he's done some strange things to, mm. to for people who pay attention. It's like uh, that rubs me the wrong way. 
I I don't know. I, yep. I love does, Tarasenko, but sometimes... What's a rub-off mean? What's a rub-off mean? Yeah, uh, that, there's a lot of things he did here that um, I didn't like. I mean, I a lot of people say they didn't like the way he handled the medical stuff. I disagree with that. But there was, yeah, there was a lot of stuff in the media he did that I'm like, really, dude? That that seems odd. Uh, so rapid-fire tidbits from the NHL real quick. We'll, we'll close this out before we go and get off the air. Uh, Perron, David Perron, uh, got suspended for six games for a cross check to the head. The NHL suspended, uh, David Perron for six games for a retaliatory cross check while teammate and captain Dylan Larkin was lying unconscious on the ice. Uh, play started when the, uh, Ottawa senators, Matthew Joseph hit Larkin in the back of the head and in the face during a net front scramble during the first period Saturday. And then was immediately almost at the same time from the opposite side, hit in the head by Ottawa's, uh, Parker Kelly. And lost consciousness. I think it, on the replay, it looks like he lost consciousness when Kelly hit him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That right. was to me. And, and so, then, of course, Perron rightfully attacks Artem Zoom. <laughs> yeah, right. He Perron just, <laughs> just sees Larkin down. There. Perron just sees Larkin down. Zoom, who, who had fallen on Larkin after the fact, and had just gotten up and was like, what's going on? Perron just skates at him and one of the most vicious cross checks to the side of the head, the neck of, of, uh, of Zub. It was just like, wow. wow. To me and people, you know, uh, of course, social media is a mess. They, you know, uh, Oh, rightfully so Peron. And I'm like, what, how is, I don't. Okay. One of the worst stick infractions that I've seen. I mean, there's been, I've seen a couple of the plays where players like flying cross checks to the head that are in this category, but that, they're up there. And this is not a whole lot different to me than McSorley on Brashear. Uh, it's, it's deadly uh, to the head. I don't, I don't understand the difference. You don't, you don't like that, Jeff? Uh, I, no, huh? I, I, I agree with you that it's egregious and it's awful. And I think you should have gotten more than six games. I just don't know if I put it in the Brashear McSorley level. No, if so, I, I think he went after so, him with every bit. I think Perron's was more malicious than McSorley's. I don't think McSorley mm. meant to take Brashear's head off. I think McSorley was like, "Hey, wanted to whack him in the shoulder of the head, got him in the head, wanted to fight him." I think he was trying mm. to get his attention. I Perron wanted to kill. Zoo. Right. No, in in Emily Kaplan made that point at yes uh, when when that came across right that if Artem Zub doesn't get up from that it's a twenty game suspension yeah she right. said twenty maybe even forty and which I think, I think is, her on that. which I think is 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 unfortunate because I've never been of the I've never been the person to necessarily uh, define how long a suspension should be based on how bad the player is hurt because just because a player didn't get hurt serious because what you did had nothing to do with what you did. I mean, it, it's just you know why that's taken into hurt. account, right? You know why that's taken into account? The the it's seriousness, the the, the, uh, the injury injuries why? taken into account. It's written into the CBA. Okay, well, okay, but still, you can still suspend a player for as long as you want, uh, based on how egregious you think the infraction is you know what i mean um i was i was surprised to see that Peron is actually going to appeal it yeah he's appealing it i think that's bad and 
And I think he is going to appeal it's, it because there have been some really bad cross checks that have only gotten fines, one games, yeah, two games. Which, but you know, it, that's just the wheel of justice yeah. for the Department of Player Safety. I think they got it. Okay. I'm going to say I think they got it right here because it was a hefty suspension by their terms. I think he should have gotten more. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking I would have given him 10. I would have given him. I would have given him. I was, I was going to say 12, at least 12. I said, this is a, this, this should be double digits at least. I mean, yeah. but yeah, like you said, Jeff, based on how they do, have they done things? I've always thought the Department of Player Safety has under suspended people for what, they're, oh, what they've done. 100%. By far. They, they should be doubling, tripling up these suspension times at least for some of these players. Like guys that get two or three game suspensions for some, some of the stuff they do, these should be 10, 12, 15 games. Well, I hate games. when they pull that repeat offender shit and they're yeah. like, oh, he's a repeat offender, so we're giving him more. We're going to give him two games. Oh, if he's but, a repeat offender, give him 20 games. But if he's a, but if he's a repeat offender, but the but he's not a repeat offender, if it's been like, what, three years? Yeah, whatever. Then, then he's not anymore. That's that's Stupid. weird. There's like a statute of limitations that, that expires with these with the repeat offender thing. Anyway, I I, I don't know. Uh, Bill, uh, six games appropriate. Not enough. Yeah, too much um, I I was when I saw invited for an in-person hearing, I thought 10 games. Um, I, I think, you know, Peron. <sighs> Maybe he had a little karma coming back to him from Joe Thornton, um, <laughs> right? Uh, six games feels right to me. Um, veteran guy who's, you know, he, he hasn't been an angel, but he hasn't been a repeat offender, right? So yeah, it 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 feels okay to me. You know what though? I I think Perron's lucky he's not a repeat offender because remember the flying elbow he missed against Colorado. And that is a uh, oh, yeah. jersey up there. Yeah. I mean, he he really yeah. could have gotten suspended for his, if that flying elbow had connected, he missed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, yeah. there have been a few plays like that with Perron. You know, he's, a, he's, uh, he's a dirty player. He takes, he takes liberties around the net. He takes, you know, uh, takes liberty with the goalie, extra pokes. You know, he's uh, that kind of a player. Um, but uh, I, I was I was kind of surprised to hear he wasn't a repeat offender. I'm like, really? I thought he got suspended before, but I guess not. So, yeah, uh, six games probably should have been more. But uh, to appeal this, I hope they don't reduce it because that just sets a terrible right. well, the, example. It's so ridiculous to me, the appeal process, because it's going to take a couple weeks. It goes through Gary Bettman, then it goes to a neutral arbitrator. And so it'll be... He'll serve his suspension by the time they have the ruling. It's just, will he get that money back will be yeah. the question. Uh, Kelly Chase says leukemia. This was announced a little bit ago, uh, and uh, but he was on the Jumbotron on Hockey Fights Cancer Night in St. Louis uh, last game against Detroit. Uh, did you guys see the message he did? It was on the broadcast. Yeah. They that, actually broadcast this. Emotional, man. That was, oh. that was uh, you, you, you don't like, get a little lump in your throat and a little tear in your eye for what he was in. And the way he said at the end of his message, he goes, let's win a hockey game tonight. And his voice cracked yeah. a little bit, you know, I'm like, Holy shit. Did you see you his sign? Spot, yeah. His yeah. sign is at every bud. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, he, and, and he closed out by saying, you know, buddy, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. I'm like, Oh my God. 
That is, yeah. I mean, Kelly, just, Kelly Chase is going to kick leukemia's ass. That's yeah, the way I see apparently it. he's had it. He's had cancer a couple times, and he's beat it. It's like his third bout. I which was somebody I didn't either. Someone said that, and I was like, "This is his third bout." Oh, really? I mean, yeah. it's not something you might share with people, but, uh, but yeah. And then, and then for the Blues to to <laughs> not win that game it was like, oh my god. Yeah. And, right. Well, for me, like it's um, you know. I, those that know me uh, well, or maybe even just listen to the show, I lost my dad to leukemia in 2015, who was one of his fucking favorite players of all time, Kelly Chase. He loved Kelly. And so to see him battling this now, it's just like, dude, leukemia doesn't stand a fucking chance. Like, you you are going to beat this, and you're going to come out on top, and we're all going to talk about how, hey, remember that time Kelly Chase had leukemia? Like, I, I just... There's no doubt in my mind he's he's gonna fucking come out on top here. Does it? Um, I've noticed that with certain theme nights, with the military night and uh, hockey fights cancer, uh, they the broadcast stays with. There's a like a ceremony before the game. They do certain things. They broadcast it all. The broadcasters talk about it. They put stuff on the screen. It's all televised. They did that for the military night. They did it for hockey vice cancer. Other th- other theme nights, you don't hear a damn thing about. And I'm I've that kind of why why pick and choose, you know. And I'm not going to mm-hmm. point out which theme nights didn't get what, but I haven't heard this no. for any other theme night. There have been other ones. Now I'm not talking about you know wrestling night. It'll be fun. It's be fun to have a whole, rest, a whole wrestling, you know. Uh, well, they got the the Riz show night too. Yeah, every time there's a theme night, put that shit up. Put that. Put a do a little uh, a presentation on the screen, something fun, you know, and and televise that, and and have the announcers talking about it. Sometimes there's a theme night, and they don't even talk about it on the broadcast at all. Like they didn't. I didn't. Pride night. I don't think they mentioned anything. I don't think they. Uh, so you're uh, talking about the the broadcast in specific, right? Broadcast, yeah, and 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 what they do in game before the game starts, they had a you know present guys speaking on camera well, on the a reason, jumbotron. The reason you saw it on the broadcast last night was because it wasn't fucking Bally Sports covering the game. It was no, ESPN. But what, but what I mean well, is that that generally speaking, you know, they they I don't think they do a big presentation for they, the other theme yeah, nights. I think I want to say Ari's mom did a speech either last year or the year before. No, no, no. I'm I think not, they have done stuff like this. No, I'm not talking yeah. about, I'm not talking about for hockey fights cancer. I'm talking about for other theme nights this this year, this season. Oh, oh you know, since, sure. since, you know, like, like star Wars night, just if I have fun with it, put it on the broadcast, you know, broadcast, uh, put on the jumbotron, have a presentation, put it on the air, just like they do for the hockey fights cancer. I know this is it's a more serious topic, but right. there's no reason and, why you can't do this for other theme nights too. Yeah, but it it was a national broadcast. It's a it's an NHL initiative, and the is Blues it let it. Oh, it is. It is. I know. Right. Right. And and the the Blues led the game with Chris Zimmerman, who lost his wife to pancreatic cancer earlier this year. So it was closer to home for the business leader of this team. So. I, I, I think I, I think it I, makes I, sense, but but yeah, no, I, I'm not, and I I am totally on board with with spending time on this. I I just think that it'd be nice and fun if they would just do this for every theme night, not just pick and choose a couple to to do the on the broadcast. Even though it's ESPN versus Bally's and Bally's 
with their heads up their asses. It's a fucking local thing. They should be more inclined to do that than ESPN. Uh, Brady Kachuk goes after a goalie. Hurricanes goalie. Uh, I don't, how do you say his name? Peter? Yoder. It's it Yoder. Yoder, right? Uh, Kochetkov. 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 Made a dive. If you've seen this, I made a diving poke check on a on a on a penalty shot late in the third period. Uh, I think the Senators were trailing four to one at this time. Uh, takes out Kachuk's skates and he falls and slides into the boards and made the save. He was Kachuk was not happy. Wanted to get up and fight uh, Kachetkov. Has there? I, I'm actually asking. Has there ever been a fight? On a penalty shot before, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe an old timers game for fun, but uh, yeah, I was like, I have no problems with this I mean, this aggressive save by the goalie. I, I mean, Bill uh, being a goalie, you know. I mean, what? <laughs> uh, see, I, this is interesting. Me being a forward, I have no problem with the goalie diving out and 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 taking out. Do whatever you uh, do to get in front of the puck. Sure. Sure, take the puck. Mm. Oh, check. Ask ask your cousin about the time I did that to one of my own team in uh, pregame warmups. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you came out. You you did a diving poke check in warmups and made a guy do a flip. Oh, ah! nice. yeah. Did he want to? Did he want to fight you? Uh, probably, <laughs> but I didn't pay him any attention. You don't fight your own goalie. My God, you? that's that's bad juju. Oh, I was. Why would you do a diving book check and warm ups? Is the best <sighs> question. Why? Is... <laughs> I was a dick in high school. You got to practice those too. You got to practice diving warm uh, diving poke check. Incredible. God, I would I would kill to see a goalie do that in warm ups. <laughs> Not my proudest um, moment. That's mm. funny. No, I, I, I so I will say that uh, when I saw this, my first thought was, holy shit, Kachuk, stop being a bitch, man. He stopped the puck. But I will say, watching it in slow motion, there was it contact really did with not, the pad. It didn't, yeah, it didn't look like he actually tried to play the puck. It looked like he was trying to trip Kachuk. I think he was just trying to take away everything low. Mm-hmm. I, I just think he just plays big low, you know, maybe. What's your ruling, Bill? You think they should have redone the penalty shot or anything um, like that? Or are you okay with it? Uh, I'm okay with it. <laughs> I am too. I, I'm like, that's, you know, if you're Kachuk, think quicker and flip it over the goalie. You know, right. end, of the, end but, of the day. I'm- but that's, that's the thing. We're going to see that by the end of the season, whether in the NHL or the AHL, somebody's going to try the same bullshit and the player's going to be smarter than the goalie and score. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I think at the end of the day, I'm with you guys. I think at the end of the day, the goalie, as long as he's not coming out and punching the player in the face, he just is doing whatever he can to try and take up the net, not allow a goal because you're not allowed a rebound chance. I'm I'm okay with it, but I see why Kachuk was pissed, huh, but I think I'm, he went a little overboard. Yeah. I mean, as a forward, I'd be I'd be I'd be pissed too, but I'd be like I'd be mad, but also be like, God damn it, he got me. You know, I mean I'd be pissed at myself more than anything. Right. I'd be like, man, he came out and dove out like that. All I need to do is hold on to the puck and then wrap around him and I have an empty net. Or just if you have your head up, just chip it over the goalie. You can chip. I mean, you're a professional hockey player. Chip it up in the air. I mean, that'd be a fantastic play. Quick. I mean, quick thinking, but still. No, I think I think it's more likely he wraps around his leg pad and puts it in an empty net. But either way, yeah, I think he was. I think that was part of it, Kurt. I really do. I think he was kind of pissed. Like, 
Fuck, man. He just made me look like an idiot. Yeah, I think it's it's embarrassment. You know, he took him out and didn't even get a chance to shoot it, really. So, Oh, oh, the baked beaver. You know what? And right at the end of the show, you get comment of the show. There was contact. Challenge the call. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Very nice. <laughs> oh, well, uh, anything else, boys? No, because we're going to wrap up the show. show. It's a long show. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're going to wrap her up. Uh, Good luck editing tomorrow, Kurt. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That'll wrap up uh, episode 10 of season 13 of the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast. Let's go Blues Radio. Thanks for listening. And thanks to those who participated in the YouTube and Facebook live chats during a live show. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we would bring it to you. Don't forget to check our sponsors. Uh, rockin' that idea life at gmail.com. Email Dustin and he'll give you 10% off by uh, just telling Let's Go Blues Radio sent you. And by Realtor Mike Burgoyne. Give Mike a call today at 314 753 4060 for all of your home buying and selling needs. That's 314 753 4060. For Jeff Ponder, Bill Day, Austin Lynch, I'm Kurt Price. Until next time, everyone. Thanks for everything, Craig Brubay. Let's go, Blues. Thanks, Chief. Love you, Chief. Let's go, Blues. Uh, the Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. A look at sports. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. I want you to have a heart attack and die so that we never have to do this shit again. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. St. <laughs> Louis Blues. St. Louis Blues. Have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun, they're on their way to number one. Now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues. The Blues are on the ice tonight again. They're rough and tough and got the stuff to win. They'll always get one more, no matter what the score. They are quite a hockey team, my friend.